Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast, and I'm <laughs> just checking in on yous. As you can hear, the chuckling in the background, we have a very special <laughs> guest here. Very special. It's becoming, I'm becoming more social with my podcast. That's good. You I should know, open up a little. I know. I usually, uh, <laughs> I usually don't have guests too often. What the fuck am I doing with this? And this is what becomes the problem, because I have my little system how to do it. We have the wonderful... Tom Papa. Dun, 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 dun. Well, it's easier if people call you to do the podcast rather than you having to chase them. Like, that's the worst part about right. having guests. Let's, let's be smart here and promote what we have to promote. Here. Okay, let's Tom, go. Tom, you're not here just because you love me and you love hanging out and hearing my diarrhea of the mouth. Has nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with any of that. <laughs> not today. <laughs> not today. It has to do with the fact that you have a new stand-up special streaming right fucking now yep. on Netflix called You're Doing Great. You're Doing Great You're on doing Netflix. Great. Quit your bitching. You're doing great. Things course, aren't that bad. You got to realize that you, I know you're filled with anxiety. I know you feel like you're fat. And you are. But that doesn't mean you're not doing great. Yeah. That's Just think of the life you live in that you could become fat. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. You know? Yeah. How about that? How about that? Uh, what's, the, what's the heaviest you'd go? The heaviest... The he- I- you weren't in this business. The you he- worked alone from home. Right. No one was going to judge you. You know? Yeah. You lo- you're a lover of food. The heaviest I've ever been okay. was 210. 210. How tall are you? I'm 5'11". So hair under 5'11". Hair yeah. under 5'11". Yeah. 210. 210. You that was the back. fattest I've ever been. <laughs> fattest. <laughs> that was, that fat. was after that was Italy. Blubber. That was after Italy. Pure blubber. You know, everyone's always like, oh, you go to Italy and you eat their bread and you eat their gelato. And it's not like in America. You don't get fat there. Oh, yeah. That's bullshit. <laughs> I came back uh, with very tight-fitting everything. Yeah. Well, you don't get as fat. Right. You definitely get fat. I mean, if you right. read up on that shit, dude, like, we're trying to force countries to take our food. Yeah. And they're like, we're not taking that shit. <laughs> so right. then they created this court, this international supreme court, these uh-huh. corporations did. And we've decided you have to take our food. No. And then they go, all right, well, then we're going to say what's in it. And they're like, no, you're not. Oh, That's good. what we're eading. Well, yeah. So all these fucking people who are sitting there saying you Americans are a bunch of fat fucks. It's yeah. like, you come over here. Yeah, you try and do it. You, you fucking, you chow down some fucking GMOs and some trans fats. Let's yeah. see how you do. We're being poisoned. Yeah. We're really being poisoned. That's why I, I always come back to the bread. Uh, you know, I'm obsessed with make, baking bread, but it's real bread. It's flour, water, salt, and yeast. And for right. all these years, like, tra- like trying to get healthy bread for my family, you can't do it. I know. It's very difficult to get it without sugar and without all these extra additives and stuff I can't even pronounce. We were really being poisoned, and it's it's difficult. Even when you think you're picking out stuff that's good for you, there's a good chance. However, in it. you're doing great. You are doing fine. great. <laughs> I can't you tell. Are, but if you, this is denial. If this is just a way to like try to like navigate whatever the fuck no, it is you, that's that this impending thing that we feel like is gonna be happening. <laughs> you know, you can wait you, your whole life though for that to happen. That's right. That's that's what I was starting to feel when I was out on tour. I'm like right. talking to people and I'm realizing that they're filled with anxiety and they're watching news all the time and they're getting obsessed with this kind of like sense of panic or not even panic like looking at other people on social media and seeing other people's lives and thinking that their life pales in comparison. And it's like 
No, you're, you're no. This is all an illusion. You're the you first human being that has to digest all this stuff. No oh, other yeah. human brain has had to do that. Right. So just tune that out and realize a simple life is fine. You're doing great. Do like, you know what I did? I, I I took my daughter and and wife. We went to uh, my daughter's dance class. Uh-huh. And my wife's so cool. She's like, oh, you know, there's a library on the way here, and we checked out some books. I'm right. like, you nerd. I go, that's so cool. And I went in there. <laughs> And I was hanging out, and I saw up on the uh, up near, you know, we check out books. They had yeah. Rumblefish, Ooh, and I looked yeah. at it, and the printing was big. It was 135 <laughs> pages. I'm like, this is in my wheelhouse. Yeah, I sat down with that thing yesterday, read the whole thing. I mean, with yeah. the typing, it's usually, it's probably about 55, 60 pages, uh-huh. and absolutely loved it. Yeah. Wasn't on my phone. Felt chill afterwards. I wasn't scatterbrained. Totally. I love the ride that the book took me on. Yeah. And um, that's a simple pleasure. Well, it really is the cell phone, though, and I'm I'm the biggest, you know, uh, yeah. guilty of this. Is like this morphine drip of of anxiety. It's like this IV bag that is just stuck into your fucking arm. And I I get you know where I get all of my news. Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> I get, I click on the magnifying glass on on Twitter to oh. see what's trending. Oh God. I know it's so that bad. It's the worst. It's just poison. It's literally poison. Well, I and can't then watch CNN or ju- Fox because that's going to be totally biased. Yeah, that's poison too. I know. How it's- bad is the fucking thing with the. Uh, did you see? The, okay, so uh, <laughs> stupid did his speech last night, yeah. and then when he's done, <laughs> yeah, fucking that other idiot Nancy. rips it up. It's like, am I watching? <laughs> did Vince McMahon write this? Right. Am I watching like a wrestling promo? Can you guys act like fucking adults? And it's just like anything that that it, that her side of the table was gonna get, yeah. they lost in that moment to that stupid. A thirsty as the kids say grandiose thing yeah. you, you wear a blue fucking bra we know you don't like what red panty said <laughs> right you don't and need you didn't need to do that and he comes up idiot. and he doesn't shake her hand in the beginning no i'm she, not shaking she goes your to hand, shake her hand and, uh, and he, he won't take and it i'm tearing up your script <laughs> yeah. it's ridiculous i just was waiting for her to put problem. a keep out sign up you know like some little kid <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the problem is you can as you're paying attention to all this stuff and you're going through like even inane stuff like on social media, just looking at your friends and family or celebrities that you're following, years are just peeling by. Yeah. And this is it. Like right now, like this is prime time for us. This is like the good years. As yeah. a human being, an adult, you only get like a certain chunk. Why? Would you spend it polluting your mind and body with all of this horrible stuff? I know. I go on Facebook. I get depressed. depressed. I start looking up old friends and classmates, and oh, God. I, they're old. I'm old, and <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping things are working out for them. Yeah. And but it's just something about there's just something like I, I there's just something about I don't know what it is, but it's like I, I had that thought the other mm-hmm. day after right before I went to bed. It was on Facebook or something like yeah. that. And uh, I woke up in the morning, and my first thought was the amount of decades that I've been in. I was oh, like, geez. all the 70s, all the 80s, <laughs> yeah. all the 90s, all the 2000s, all the teens. Yeah. Fuck, I'm in my sixth decade, seventh decade, because I was born in 68. I was just like, <laughs> yeah. what the fuck? Yeah, that's my philosophy, is don't do the math, but it's so hard not to. No, no, it's- you should definitely, that, uh, that whole fucking bullshit, nobody lives in the moment. Yeah. Nobody does. Like a dog does. <laughs> like know. our brain, you can't do that. This whole, if you no. can take well, all of these yoga classes and shit, you can't fucking do it. Here's the one thing I've kind of been thinking about in regards to that lately is that you can't do it. You can't live blissed out 
and just la di da. This is just the flowers are great and the sun is, this is wonderful. But you can take it, you can probably get three to five minutes of that in your day. You know what I mean? Of just being grateful, like, oh, I shot a special. My podcast is going well. I've got a daughter. She's going to dance class. This this is actually pretty good. No, Three great. minutes, five minutes, and then get back to work and get back to letting yeah. your brain go. And I, and I think if you were able to do that, like three, five minutes a day, that's a pretty big achievement for a human brain. Well, now it is. Yeah. I'm finding now that I, I like... I, I I try to leave my cell phone in a different room, and it's it's yeah. crazy. Isn't how it? difficult it is? It's so hard. I just had the fucking and, thing there. Yeah, me and my wife, we fuck. Hey, let's watch this TV show, right? Which yeah. is stupid. We never used to have a TV in the bedroom. Now we do, uh-huh. and we'll just be sitting there. And then, like, just in different times during the show, all of a sudden, she's on her phone. Yeah, I'm on my phone. Yep. Something said, and then I look it up. <laughs> yeah, and and all, I'm thinking, you know, all the work somebody made yeah. the 14 hour days. To create this fucking thing over how many months, yeah. and I'm going to spend half of it looking at my phone. <laughs> Checking your likes. Watching Nancy Pelosi <laughs> tear up the speech of Trump after Trump didn't shake her hand. Yeah. And then read the comments of somebody such a fucking idiot that they're going to fucking sit there and, and, and try to get people going. Yeah, and start a fight. Hey, well, oh, great. We can all fight on this now. Look at this, guys. We can fight on this, like dogs with like a bone. Yeah. Uh, now we can all know I almost this. commented on something today because there was something uh, on, on the, the, the tight end for the San Francisco 49ers. There was a video of him standing on the sideline when 49ers knew they were going to lose. He yeah. was losing. He was just like, this isn't going to define me. I'm definitely going to be back. I'm not going out like this and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then all these fucking assholes who didn't play in the Super Bowl. Like, uh-huh. oh, yeah, that's what everybody says. Yeah, yeah fucking yeah, cry me a thing. Yeah, fuck you. Dan Marino said that. And I'm like, <laughs> you guys are mad that this guy is taking a, a crushing defeat in a yeah. positive way? Like, right, like, right. Yeah, what's wrong? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. No, it's the noise, the noise. And look, yeah. I do it too. I participate in it. I dive into it. I get all muddy with it. But I really feel like... I just felt like in the act like wrote itself from the reaction that the people were having when I was doing it. They oh, were coming cool. up to me after the show and saying, like, relieved, like, no, like, total sincerity, no cynicism. Thank you. Thank you for saying we're doing great. She goes, yeah, I'm, it I'm, feels I'm good. raising my kids, and I'm, I think it's all going all right. And, but then I feel like this, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> and it really started to feel so positive. Yeah, that I just kept drilling into it, and I, I, I'm, I feel like for us, the cool thing is like you can go off and work on your. You need something to work on. We can go work on our act, right. or you can get like really into coffee, or you get really into cigars, bread. yeah, or you know what I mean, or bread. Seriously, those things, right. they're they're much more important than we think, and definitely more important than all this stuff that we have on our phone. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't now know. Now the cigar the thing is. we were started talking. Oh, before. we started talking about that. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I had to quit him. Quit. I had to quit. Well, I mean, it was a was it like a habit? Like you getting itchy if you didn't have one? No, it just I have that thing where I don't have like itch. I don't get itchy. Uh-huh. I just think like uh, I want to do that, and then I uh-huh. just do it. 
Right. So <laughs> yeah, it's the same reason why I try not to have ice cream, cookies, and candy around, because I'll fucking eat it. Right. So I can't have booze around, because I'll drink it. Right. If I got cigars around, I'm going to smoke them. Yeah. But if you take them away, yeah. I'm not like clawing at the fucking walls, <laughs> running out to buy more. Sh- I just go. They're all gone. All right. Yeah. Well, now what? Now what can I obsess about? <laughs> right. I'm going to learn the top three fucking lines of every team in the NHL. I'll go do that instead of eat candy. I have the weirdest fucking brain, so I have to. I, I finally learned after half a goddamn century yeah. that I really have to pay attention to what it is. Right. I'm getting into. That's smart. That's yeah. a really smart. That's a very self aware thing to yeah. do well i mean i had 50 years to fucking figure it out yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, tell you, Tom, you give me 50 years lead time <laughs> that 51st year yeah. i'll fucking figure it out <laughs> so yeah i haven't boozed in a, you know i quit i didn't remember no I booze either i haven't quit i quit that the end of 2018 november you, 2018 you haven't had a drink since then no not one drink no wow yeah wow sucks do you consider yourself <laughs> like sober like like Norton sober? Or um, you- no, I wouldn't say that because occasionally I'll take an edible. I don't like smoking weed. Uh-huh. I don't like putting smoke in my lungs. It's yeah. funny. I'll fucking have it marinating in my mouth, which yeah. is another thing. I was just like, oh, so I'll just get jaw cancer. This is stupid. <laughs> yeah. So, and all cigar smokers. I mean, no, no, it's a cigarette guys. I mean, those guys. Are, uh-huh. if we're sitting there in a cigar bar, breathing in all of our fucking secondhand smoke. It was stupid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, having said that, you yeah. know, once a year during the Rose Bowl sitting on the golf course right fucking joe bartnick and yeah all the guys i love just fucking that that's when you have special occasion stuff yeah i feel so i think i'm gonna dry out for like three months and then um i'm gonna uh you know celebrate one well you know what happens is once you start smoking cigars then you meet all these people that smoke cigars yeah and it's a very social thing and they want to do it with you that's right because it's such a gross thing to everybody else that if you find another animal that does it you like latch on to them because everyone else is like ew like even even like my wife forget it and then my friends half of them are like ugh and then you find Robert Kelly. He's like, dude, let's go. Let's go. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was just like, like there wasn't enough reasons to love Bobby Kelly. <laughs> now, he will smoke a cigar anytime, anywhere, anywhere. And you just, yeah. he's always just like, anything you're doing, like, dude, I'm going to have this guy do my taxes. Why don't you come by? We'll smoke a couple of bats. He's got a couple of chairs right out in front of his office. And you're just like, that's awesome. Let's do that. I know. It's such a great thing. Because there are like, uh, there is this thing. I don't know what it is. It's because that is. It's a, relaxing. And there's no phone and all of that. So you yeah. kind of put all that stuff away. You put all that stuff yeah. down. And, and what I love about. When I go into cigar bars is, you know, if I, I've gone into those things by myself uh-huh. and next thing you know, I'm fucking talking to somebody. Yeah. And it's a very like, hey, what are you smoking? Blah, right. blah, blah, blah. A lot of guys, they're, they're sports fans. A lot of guys that run their own businesses. It's mm-hmm. a, a tip, a, 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 sort of a, a, I've never met like a douche. Yeah. Really. That is, I'm sure there are a few, but yeah, generally yeah. speaking, like cigar smokers are cool. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're just, because they're out there killing it doing something and they're now this is like you're catching them in this relaxing uh, yeah and then everybody has their philosophy of how they smoke Uh where it's just (laughs) like uh you know i do it i do it every sunday 
I have this, I, you know, I built this yeah. little thing. My wife is fine with it. They have the whole, yeah. whole little thing that they do. Yeah, exactly. I, I got out of control with them, and now I just dialed it back. You know, my kids give me a rough time. We all have the same fucking story. Everyone stories. has the same story. Everything you just said is my problem. Like, I used to, I was starting to do it more often, but now I've got teenage daughters, uh-huh. and they're just, like, slamming doors shut. And like coming out, oh, I was going to sit out here. I guess I'm not. And then like back inside. And you're like, there's, a, there's one of the precious moments that I'll have with my kid. Gone. Totally. And it even got to the point where I didn't want to like stink like it. Like I'll do it before they come home from school. But now they, ugh, dad, you smell. So all right. So now I'm bl- I've sleep. blown that hour too. I can't hang out with them now. Yeah. So it just became this thing where everything in my life was up against me. My, my father does it every day. My daughter's... Do- oh, how old is he? He's 74. I love it. Yeah. That's one for our son. <laughs> he, just, he just shrunk the size of them. He drinks... He smokes those, like, nubs. Like, they're like I half... I love those things. He just oh, smokes Oh, I was talking that. to your dad at your Christmas party about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The nubs. I love the nubs. Yeah. He really... Lo- that, it's shorter. He gets his fix. But he does it every single day. Well, I bottomed out... Uh, I do that podcast, you know, once a month with Bert Kreischer, the Bill Burt podcast. <laughs> uh-huh. So we were going to smoke cigars, which, you know, was going to look obnoxious. So we just decided to smoke these really big, stupid ones. <laughs> Have you ever seen those cigars? They're like a 90 gauge. It looks like a fucking deli pickle. <laughs> yeah. So we yeah. smoked one of those fucking things. It's like Cape Fear, right? Dude, it was just like, yeah, you were like a fucking <laughs> blow up doll mouth trying to fucking suck on those things. And yeah. something happened that day. Uh, where I was walking out to my car and I was I wasn't limping but I wasn't walking straight <laughs> and people were going like Hey Bill what are you doing I was like hey, Yeah okay yeah whatever all right okay just edit it you know it turns out you all right Yeah yeah I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine <laughs> just getting in the car Yeah it was like three months worth of nicotine Yeah that's bad that happened to you leaving here one time or your old place so there was oh, yeah. we we had a pretty big one. Yep. And like I just had one scotch, one it wasn't wasn't much. But I got into the car like I don't know if I'm gonna throw up or just be dizzy the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, like you have to like yeah, that's another thing. I I, oh, I had a I have Kevin Shea came over one time and he smoked a cigar and he puked. <laughs> oh no <laughs> <laughs> Me and Bartnick were there, <laughs> and he, we see started to call. You know, Reggie Jackson was Mister October. We started calling him Mister May because we had already been smoking. He came over after us, and he wasn't a big cigar. Sm- I felt bad. Yeah. He just because he, I think he like cigarette smokers when they don't yeah. never had a cigar. Their their tendency is to inhale. Yeah, I think that's what he did. He had a couple of drinks, <laughs> but he's such a riot. He was laughing his ass off about it. Um, <laughs> it's so awful. But what was good was it probably cured him of. Of that habit, but I I love um, I love them. Yeah. And I went to a Super Bowl party, and this guy had this amazing selection of them. And I walked up like six times during the game, and I never smoked one. I just sort of right like smelled them, like oh yeah, oh, God, oh, I God. know it is a nice thing, but you know the specials out. I feel like a you know a milestone. You always have those little milestones in your head, and it's like I thought, well, when I shoot it, I'll have one, and I didn't, and then I when it comes out. I figure I'll do it, but my family's all around. And I'm still, all those times that I'm not doing it, this is where uh-huh. you know it's kind of addicting. Yeah. You th- I think about it every day. There isn't a day that goes by where I don't think about, well, maybe today, maybe I can work it in today. Yeah. You know, the same thing was, happened to me with weed. I was like, stopped weed. I wasn't funny anymore on it. It was, it was right. uncomfortable. I just cut it out of my life. Every day since then, I think, oh, 
if I would get high today. <laughs> like I, it's oh, weird. You don't smoke weed or anything like that. No, that's good. No, that's a good thing. I like drinking, but even that's kind of like weaning a little bit because I just, you know, I'm getting up early and it's just you know what one it is? drink you makes You used a up all your fun days. Not, is I that was, true? I was talking about that all on my f- podcast where if I could give you any advice. Uh-huh. First of all, don't buy anything. Yeah. Don't that's great advice. fucking buy anything. You don't need it. And it's just going to be shit you're going to have to look. Look at all the fucking knickknacks <laughs> I got in this goddamn thing. This is just shit people gave me. Yeah. This is, I was here when this room was pretty empty. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of stuff. It's just a bunch of shit. And, yeah. then, and then you just have all of this shit. And then you die. And then people have to come <laughs> in and figure out what to keep and what to throw out. You give them a job. So I was telling them that. And then I was telling them on the party and stuff is go easy. Yeah. Pace yourself. Yeah. I'm not going to say the name, but this was one of the coolest stories ever. All right. I'm not going to say who was. It's a person I know. Do I know them? Um, yes. Bought okay. a house. Mm. Look at typical Tom. I'm going to break this down and figure out who it is. Do I know them? <laughs> yeah. Are they older or younger than us? Male or female? Male, and that's all you get. All right. So this dude bought this fucking house uh-huh. on this quiet street, right? And he was like, everybody on this street is fucking cool except this one old lady down the street. Uh-huh. And she's in her 90s and she has people over like almost every night and they fucking drink and play music and have a good time. And I'm like, she either has like ridiculous, it's probably both. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, genetics, or she always just, you know, I bet there's food involved. There's a whole... She has the people over? She has the people over. (laughs) She's the one that has cars on the street. 92? I think 95. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, like way the fuck up there. Yeah. And she has all these friends, and they come over, and they play cards, and they eat, and they drink, and they cackle. That's amazing. And they have a fucking great time, and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and if there's ever a time to do that almost every night, it's when you're in your 90s. Oh, 100%. No one can say, hey, watch your drinking. You could be, dude, I could be dead tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Give me a fucking martini. <laughs> Thank you. Stat. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 100%. This could be my last night of martinis ever. <laughs> That's right. This could be my final martini. martini. So, and I would like to enjoy it. Without your fucking life advice, if you don't mind. I think it's... I know, I just thought it was the... Uh, but, all right, I totally agree. But shouldn't we be living that way also? Because, newsflash, you could be dead tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. If anything from that Kobe shit, that was just like... Yeah. I could not... Everybody got that. I could not shake... And it is... is Everybody was talking about the daughter. Time. I just could not fucking like. Yeah. Like that was that. I'm telling you, Life like is I, short. I was, but I was joking with everybody for sports fans. Yeah. That was our lady die. Ah, what a like, great Like, remember analogy. when Lady Di, like, the whole yep. world was like, oh, my God, she was in the prime of her life, blah, 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 blah. And, like, as much as I was like, this is terrible, this is tragic, yeah. and I felt real bad for the, the two boys, Um, I wasn't in that world. So uh-huh. I didn't feel like that taken thing I and like it. with with the kobe thing it was just and his daughter and then also like i also like i didn't under, i i didn't know anything about you know his daughter or anything like that i yeah. learned all of that stuff after he died but yeah. i saw all these pictures of him with uh, his daughter and the way she smiled when she was with him exactly it's like anybody can get that smile when your daughter's three yeah to get that when you're 13 <laughs> you're yeah. a great fucking dad that's so right. i was looking at that going like i want to have 
my kids smiling at me like that at I 13. Know. That's fucking incredible. I know. And just the way that that was like taken away. But yeah, um, the life is short part of it. The life is short part of it. Definitely, but like, uh, I don't want to be life is short because I'm boozing and drinking. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, if I get hit by a fucking bus, <laughs> yeah. that's one thing. But like, you can also, like, this. You don't want to self inflict the end. I don't know how to do what my mother has always said. Anytime we have discussions like this, there's always a whole group of my family. We're all together going, yeah. you should do this and more vegetables and blah, blah, blah. We have all these new yeah. agey things. And then she just yells from the other room, everything in moderation. <laughs> and we all like, because we all know she's right. She is right. She's absolutely right. I, I should be able to, once a week, sit down mm-hmm. and have a nice martini and fucking once a month smoke a delicious fucking cigar. Yes. But guess what, Tom? Yes. I don't know how to fucking do that. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to respect <laughs> that I do not have those life skills. Yeah, I yeah, I, I always I always think I th- this is what a gentleman would do. He would have one martini and what's wrong with this? And halfway through that first martini, I'm like, I got to get that one. The next one's going to be <laughs> even oh, better. Absolutely. And then it's like then then three in and I'm I, and it's just now off I to the race. Yeah. Oh, this is the level of buzz I need. <laughs> I do miss um Yeah. What I, if you came to my house for a martini? That would be a good plan. Like you just come I can keep the booze because I don't scarf it down if it's in the house. And you stop at my place once a month, one cigar, one martini. That's uh, a nice way to live. This feels like a Netflix series. <laughs> we'll shoot one a month. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get John Favreau. <laughs> the sort of sober guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. The thing about it is... Um, I just don't have the confidence. Mm. Listen, if I didn't have a kid right now, I would take that. I I would make that bet. She's changed everything. Yes. Yep. So my shit was, this was my shit, dude. Yeah. My shit was everybody's in bed. Uh Uh-huh. I have a I have a nice bottle of bourbon, and I put on me TV, and I would watch 77 Sunset Strip or Peter Gunn. And I'd have like five (laughs) of them, and I would just sit up. And just get absolutely fucking hammered <laughs> in my own house. <laughs> it was awesome. It sounds great. It was fucking <laughs> awesome. <laughs> 77 Sunset Strip. Fucking, oh yeah, I, I, I loved the cars and everybody on it was smoking and drinking. Yeah, it yeah. was the guy, one of the guys on 77 Sunset Strip. He, he was always betting the horses. He was a degenerate gambler. <laughs> they were all smoking. They're all fucking banging broads. Uh, the fucking guy, Efren Zimbos Jr., had a new Thunderbird every season. <laughs> every season he had the new Thunderbird and then they were just fucking sucking down booze. And I was just like, this, I miss, uh, this is the time. That sounds great. You walked around, you had a suit on for no fucking reason all day long, <laughs> chasing fucking perps through bushes in an Anderson little suit. Yeah. You know, and then you so great. That is so perfect. What that is that be- line he said? Hey, you got a pretty active elbow for not lunchtime or something like that. Talking about this guy up. He said this fuck. I forget how he said it. <laughs> An active elbow. Yeah. Because he's drinking. Yeah, because he was on like his third. You know who was playing the role of the yeah. booze hound? It was the guy who ended up playing the professor on Gilligan's Island. Because that no. was another thing I loved to do uh. where I would look up, who's this actor? Who's this guy? Like I found like one of those episodes I watched in Peter Gunn. I found like the first African-American guy to get his SAG card. Wow. Because I was like, wow, that guy's really good. Who is that guy? And he was like really old. Right. And he fucking crushed the part. 
I saw a young Gavin McLeod playing a gangster. <laughs> it's amazing. Still bald. Amazing. In like 1950, he was he was riding. Uh, they killed this guy in the back of a 55 um, uh, Chrysler New Yorker or the Chrysler Imperial. I uh-huh. always get those two cars confused. It was a 1955 stretch. Uh, yeah. <laughs> stretch limo for back then, which meant it was about three feet longer yeah. with a little bar in there. And they whacked this guy in the beginning. And then there was this dude playing racquetball. He was a sinister fucking guy going, who the fuck is this guy? And I looked it up. I'm like, oh, my God, it's fucking Gavin McLeod. (laughs) Hey, Mayor. I love when he called him Mayor. Hey, Mayor. He was great on Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah. Got his own series. Oh, my God. He was so great. That sounds like a dream. How many days a week would you do this? Oh, like six. Wow. Like I just, I, it just became this thing that I would, I would do. Yeah. Um, and that was every other night. Then it just became every night. <laughs> and then my, my grown up playing sports thing would be how I would look at the bottles. Uh-huh. Like I can defeat that thing in three nights, a third, a third, and a third. Right? That was just, it just didn't make any sense. And then I got into like the ice cubes. Yeah. And then there was a guy down in El Segundo who made these fucking glasses. Uh-huh. I still have them. They're great. Where there's a giant, what looks like a giant ice cube in it, but it's it's also made out of glass. It's super uh, heavy. So then you put it in the um, the refri- the freezer. You get the glass all cold, uh-huh. and then that giant glass ice cube is actually made out of glass, so you don't have any liquid. Uh, so it's the perfect thing if you had so Pappy great. Van Winkle or, or something. Yeah. Uh, rare cast by McCallum. Yeah. You put it in there and it would chill at 360, right? Right, but not... On the bottom, not on the top. And then you just fucking... The only thing was it was heavy as shit. <laughs> was the only it? thing, they were really heavy glasses. But they, they, they were like, you know, homemade things yeah. or whatever. And uh, I ordered those. I gave them to a couple of my, my friends who drank and they all loved them. All right. And so I had that going on. So it was this whole little... Your head's too busy. Your head is too... It's the ritual. Like, yeah. I love the ritual. I love the whole fucking ritual of smoking a cigar. I know, I know. The, um... I think about you every time I smoke a cigar. Yeah. Because you got so into just the match and how to light it and then... And then the reverse puff at the end when you get down to the last Tony quarter. V showed me that was yeah. the, uh, what do you call it? gas? You got to gas the cigar. If it starts tasting yeah. funny in the middle of it or whatever, yeah. he would do this thing where he would light a match and rather than draw in, he blows out. Yeah. And then he takes, and, and the end of the cigar is like lit, like almost like you're trying to light it. And then he pulls it away. And as he's blowing out, that's the oxygen that keeps the flame going. It looks like the back of the Batmobile. Right. <laughs> yeah, degassing it. De-gassing you got to degas it. it. And then you taste it. And then in your next inhale, uh, your next draw, it's it's like clean. Yeah, it's not so dirty. Yeah. Oh, there's not the ash or it whatever. It really works. Yeah, it's incredible. I know. No, I think about it all the time. But you are very much into just even the way you describe the car or you, like every you you don't go lightly you don't think about these things lightly they become an obsession i do i got into humphrey bogart and i started watching all of his fucking films <laughs> i did it with Harriet Keitel. i did it with all of them yeah. all the fucking great leading men lee yeah. marvin all of them i just sat down and start watching them so i was watching uh, <laughs> i got to show you this thing humphrey if bogart's I, if I do amazing it. by the um, way What's his face? Newsflash. I was watching. Yeah. Oh, Frank Sinatra stole so much of his vibe or was inspired. Yeah. This right here, I own this thing here, a, a matchstick lighter, which doesn't work again. Wow. This is from, I saw this in uh, the Maltese Falcon. Oh, with so, the fat man? Yeah. So this was like, I saw him take this thing like this and he just 
See that? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, like it lights, and then this thing catches a little bit of uh, flint here on the end of this. This oh, lit on fire, and he lit her cigarette. Uh, and so this, this sits in, in like lighter fluid. Right. And look at the whole Art Deco style so, of it. And I literally looked up. I'm like, what in the fuck is that? <laughs> and then I bought one, and then I found this fucking guy in the middle of Michigan who rebuilds them. Oh, and my I sent, God. And I called him up, and he was like, just that kind of guy. He's just like, well, what is it? He knew what year it was. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And I was telling him, like, the whole thing. And he uh, built that? He rebuilt, he rebuilt the inside of it because it didn't work. So he, oh, so that was an original from the era. Oh, yeah. No, this is this. You can, you can buy these uh, online. Feel oh, how heavy wow. that fucking thing is. Yeah, it's beautiful. So I think I just need more uh, lighter fluid possibly in there. Yeah, it looks like at the bottom's a little. Yeah, a little wonky. Yeah. So and then I totally got into that. Then I totally got into Art Deco. And the next thing you know, I was going online and I was looking at Art Deco (laughs) bars. And I was going to, and I found this amazing one that was like in Czechoslovakia. And I'm like, you know, and it costs only, uh, you know, it costs four grand and 180 grand to ship it over here. I'm like, okay, I can't do that one. There's got to be somebody out there. And I just, I just, so I do that with, with booze and cigars and shit. So I have to like, Really, uh, yeah, no, you I, ju- to- I, ju- I can't. What I learned is you can't bring the devil into the house, <laughs> right? I, you got to go out to meet the devil. <laughs> That's if right. you have the devil in the house, you guys are gonna be uh, hanging out every fucking night. I had my, I guess he was my great uncle, he's my mother's uncle, and he would have him and his wife would get dressed and they would have cocktail hour every night. And they would have he that, he would awesome. ha, she, I think she would have a martini and she would have a Manhattan I think, and they would both have their one cocktail. Sometimes it went further, but the two of them just would this five o'clock and they'd get dressed up and sit with each other and have a little time. And if someone was visiting, they would be brought into the fold. Who did this? Is that's amazing, amazing, amazing. And he lived a long life. And similar to you, he got into flying, mm-hmm. and he had that same obsessive kind of brain that. He built his own airplane. Yep. His own airplane that he was... That's Jeff Dunham. Jeff Dunham just, does that. He, he just builds worked his own on helicopters. it forever, forever. Jeff Dunham builds his own helicopters? Jeff Dunham is a fucking genius. Really? Nobody. Re- I saw this thing on him one time. I've said this on a bunch of podcasts. That yeah. guy is a fucking genius. He, first of all, like having a dummy in your act. I didn't know this shit. Uh-huh. If you buy a dummy at a store and then you make it, you know, yeah. you start selling out clubs or arenas like him. Yeah. The maker of the dummy is going to be like, well, you owe us money because that you're using our thing to, right. which makes no sense because if I, you wear those shoes or whatever, they're yeah. not going to count. But the dummy, because it's part of the act, uh-huh. they can come at you and it becomes a big fucking nightmare. So he goes, all right, I'll build my own dummies. Right. So the guy can draw amazingly and he fucking like designs these things. Yeah. And then he has like a 3D printer. <laughs> He that makes this that. thing, and then he has what looks like a, like a like a kitchen safe, like a little a kitchen TV, a big square thing. He pours the mold into it, <laughs> it cooks it, and then he paints the whole. Th- that alone, I'm yeah. Like, this right. guy has put more work into his fucking act than I have <laughs> in my entire career. Right? It's really true. Then they go, oh yeah, he's also into flying. He flies helicopters. This is before I think I was flying helicopters well, or whatever. I didn't know that. And he he builds his own. Like ever hear like like experimental aircraft? Yeah, that's a homemade one, right? So the FAA hasn't fucking 
experimental means like people think that's mean well will this fucking thing fly let's find out i mean kind of it is <laughs> yeah a little depending bit. on sometimes when you see those people there they're basically <laughs> sitting outside with the, with the fucking the main rotor above them you know yeah. and it looks like a little go-kart like that but he has like legit yeah like helicopters and like he can fly the Jeez. shit out of them and like yeah he's he is a He's like one of those guys where you could bring up like 20 different topics God. and he, from I was the ground gonna, up, he knows it. I was just going to say what's crazy is I interviewed him for, I think, an hour for my radio show and it yep. never came. Like he must, he does so much that even that never came up. If I built my own <laughs> helicopter and flew it, I would never shut up about it. <laughs> I know. Guys, exactly. hey, you over there. This is my work. Yeah. I would just, I would never <laughs> shut up about it. This was my mother's uncle, Uncle Bob. Bob Ulrich was his name. And he was just a classy dude. And Anita was his wife. And they just were this great couple in, mm-hmm. you know, from the 40s on up, you know, like the, that generation. And cocktail hours. And then he'd, during the day, he'd go off to the hangar and he'd work on that plane and build and work on, and took my father up in the plane and flew it around. Dude, that guy is like, he's like one of the most interesting men in, 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 the, in the world. I know. I know. And that's so like... So every day he'd have one cocktail? One cocktail. Yep. That's the way we should do it. I know you... I, I, I'm, I'm trying to put your obsession towards that goal <laughs> because I do think that... It is to be enjoyed, you know? And But did he ever used to get fucked up? Yes. He did. Because I always think he once did. you open that door, no, then he, you when you start back up the first two, three times, you're okay, and then you just you, you start sprinting. No. He, and this is kind of fuzzy, uh, family folklore, but I believe that when they were younger, they did it, you know, whatever. Like, and then it got to be a bit of a problem and then was petered off. And then, but his later years, again, uh, was down to just doing it as a control thing. And, you know, five o'clock early, so you're not hammered all night and you wake up fresh. So, yeah, you know, like we all like kind of like, like let it get a little out of out of our reach for a little bit, you know, different things. But then there's doesn't mean you, you know, if it didn't burn the house down, right? you probably have it in you to... Be in somewhat control of it and enjoy your life. Just an idea. Yeah, I don't maybe know. Maybe not right away, but maybe it's coming. Maybe like in the in your next decade. Yeah, I think maybe when my daughter turns twenty-one. All right, a little bit of advertising here. Oh, ba do 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 me undies, me undies. No more Billy drinks. Do 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 me undies, me undies. He's sober and he listens to Pink. <laughs> You know what that means. Um, Love is in the air. Someone grabbed the Lysol. Just kidding. Even though this is made up a made-up holiday. That was their joke, by the way. It's still really cute. It's also the perfect time to show. I love that everybody's honored the fact that this really isn't a holiday now. So now in advertising, they have to admit to it. You really don't have to buy shit, but it'd be great if you did. Uh, It's also the perfect time to show that special someone how much you care and say those three words everyone wants to hear. I only got you underwear. Sorry. Match my undies. Uh, MeUndies has the most adorable Valentine's Day prints to get all lovey-dovey this year. This is perfect because they're cute. Women will love them. They're not expensive. You get her in her pajamas. You know, she's thinking of the bedroom and, you know, maybe something happens. 
Uh, don't worry if you don't have a boo. MeUndies also make buddy bands, so you can match with your pet, which is honestly more important than people. Uh, well, that was kind of a weird left turn to go there. Talking about love with your pet, wearing the same pajamas. This sounds like something that happens in a rural area. Roses are red, violets are blue. Your butt is cute. Rhyming is dumb. Valentine's Day, everyone. Um, to show how much they love you, MeUndies has not one, but three new Valentine's Day prints this year. This is the perfect opportunity to show that special someone you're ready to take take it to the next level with matching pairs. Now, this is commitment. Uh, match me so I know it's real is the motto this year. If you're matching your BFF or even your dog, it still counts. Different prints, colors, and styles. Also, psst, I swear to God they wrote that. Someone told us that MeUndies has new loungewear. Rumored has it that it's loungewear you can wear out and about. Keep your eyes peeled for some cozy new additions. MeUndies has a great uh, offer for my listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off and free shipping. This is a no-brainer, especially because we have 100% satisfaction guarantee to get your 15% off your first pair. Free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go to MeUndies.com slash Burr. That's MeUndies, M-E-U-N-D-I-E-S dot com slash Burr. All right, read number two. Oh, it's from Honey. You know what? You know that Honey is free online shopping tool that automatically finds the best promo codes and applies them to your cart. And you know how great it feels to save. But how does it feel to save with Honey? Saving with honey feels like sliding into a seat on the train just before the doors close. Uh, there's a whole bunch of examples here. Uh, hitting every green light on your commute. Finishing up your podcast episode right as you walk into work. Feel free to insert your own endorsement here. Uh, squeezing out toothpaste and for one last time and there's enough for you to brush your teeth efficiently. Sorry, I'm sober now. I don't have any cool things to say. Um, getting your pajamas out of the dryer and they're still warm before you go to bed after you have a cookie, your big cheat for the day. All right. Uh, please interject a personal experience of how honey has saved you money if you recently saved on a gift for someone. Mention that. For instance, what did you buy? Oh, Jesus Christ. Where's the, where's the advertising here? Honey has found it's over 18 million members, over $2 billion in savings. Did you know Honey supports over 30,000 stores online, including Macy's, Target, Sephora, Best Buy, and more? And they're adding more every day. Users love Honey. That's why it has over 100,000 five-star reviews on the Google Chrome store. Um, using Honey feels pretty great. Think of it as a little daily victory. Plus, it's free to use and installs in just a few seconds. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash burr. That's joinhoney.com slash burr. All right, lastly but not leastly, Simply Safe, everybody. You know, every night, local police departments across America receive hundreds of calls from burglar alarms. The vast majority of the time, they have no idea whether the alarm is real or if somebody's parakeet just died and hit a fucking window that opened. Who knows? Is there really a crime going on or not? We got Donuts Day. All the alarm company, 
you know they're eating power bars now. Come on. You know cops are in shape now. All the alarm company can tell them is the motion sensor went off. Simply Safe home security is different. If there's a break-in, Simply Safe uses real video evidence to give police an eyewitness account of the crime. That means police dispatch is up to 350% faster than for a normal burglar alarm. Um, you get comprehensive protection for your entire home. Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your home. Entry, motion, and glass break sensor guard inside. Oh, guard inside, sorry. Plus, Simply Safe protects your home from fires, water damage, and carbon monoxide poisoning. Is 24-7 monitoring by live security professionals. You can set up your system yourself. No tools needed or Simply Safe can do it for you. And it's only 50 cents a day with no contracts. Visit simplysafe.com slash burr. You'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You got nothing to lose. You go now and be so go now and be sure to go to simplysafe.com slash burr so they know our show sent you. That's simplysafe.com slash burr. Did you get freaked out by the helicopter thing? That that it was a helicopter? I mean, I know, uh, I know yeah. you. No, and, it, and there was a, a, a really high hour. He had like 8,000, 8,800 hours. Yeah. And he was instrument rated. Yeah. And he had all, and he was an incredible, like, you know. I don't get too much in detail, but you know, I'm yeah. in that world, so I know people that know people, whatever. And like that guy was like, you know, a great fucking pilot. Yeah. And the fact that something like that could happen, yeah, yeah that was definitely ridiculously sobering. Where yeah. it was just like, you know, I don't fly on days like that. Well, those those conditions <laughs> where, yeah, anytime I've been as a as a guest in a helicopter, if there was any kind of fog or low visibility, they just didn't go. Yeah, well, yeah. It's called the whole thing off. Yeah, the no-go. Yeah. Well, you're, uh, yeah, that's, it's, but people sit there, you know, and they, they make too much about, like, you know, flying IFR and shit, which became like a mainstream little mm-hmm. thing there for a second. Yeah. And you just want to tell people, it's like, every time you fly commercial, for the most part, unless you're getting on some little puddle jumper, yeah, you're always flying that. Right. Like, the second you go above 18,000 feet, everybody... You know, sets their altimeter two nine or point nine or two, and then you're all flying instrument like right. rules right. up there. So it's it's not like this big mysterious thing. Yeah, it's what it. It's like um, it's just I don't know. I, I'm going to get into it because I'm not going to sit here and fucking. I'd be like those assholes who watch like the Super Bowl, right? And who, who don't play and blah blah blah. It's like I have two hundred thirty hours. What the fuck do I know? All right. I know is that the fact that that could happen to somebody. With yeah. that much experience, was devastating. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. It was devastating right. to a lot of my buddies that have way more hours. Made them not want to do it. It, mm-hmm. it just, but it was also everybody was caught up in the emotion of it. You got to kind of step back after sure. a couple of weeks and, and let the people who investigate do yeah. the thing, find out what happened, and then you kind of make what you you know you live yeah. with whatever the fuck you're gonna live with. No, after it's that. like um, you know I didn't I, I never flew, but I rode a motorcycle for a long time and. Uh, you know anything? Any weird story or something? It it shakes you, but you'd also come back to, well, this isn't anything new. We knew this going in the first day. I put on a helmet. I right. knew this was a risk, right? So you, it's not like if the anything, one that it got me make- is I had a guy come out to my show when I was down in. Uh, I was doing one of the improvs, and this guy came in, really nice guy. And he said, oh, you know, I was listening to your podcast. You know, it really got me through some stuff. I said, oh, thank you. I said, what happened? He goes, oh, I got in a motorcycle accident. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't doing anything wrong. 
he went through a green light and this old older couple just went through a red light yeah weren't paying attention crushed his leg and he had he lost his leg and i was just like yeah yeah Yeah. and i was just like fuck ouch so let me ask you this so here's my big question Mm -hmm. i love big questions all right well here's one for you why is everything that's fucking fun bad for you yeah, why can it all question. kill you? Why why does fun always kill you? <sighs> because motorcycles, of... aviation, drinking, smoking. Yeah, rich foods. Yeah, right. And then Sugar. why is everything that's not exciting make you live forever? <laughs> Brussels sprouts, <laughs> greens, books, smoothies. <laughs> yeah. Why? What is that fucking? It's like a big fucking joke. Do you because, realize whoever made this fucking thing, uh-huh. if he just, or she just flipped that thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? Yeah, right. I'll tell you the what it is. The fucking fun that we would be having. I know. But, Can you imagine if, yeah, I mean, it's an old hacky bit, but really, so you're smoking cigars and boozing yeah. and eating fucking burgers and fries gave you a six pack. We'd all look great. <laughs> We'd all look fucking great. We'd yeah. all want to bang each other, which would keep the fucking human race going. <laughs> right. We'd all be happy. I know. The thing is, things that we do that take us to the edge uh, make you feel more alive. They present. make they make you feel more present. You're Which at makes risk. you feel more alive. Yeah, it makes you feel when you go up in a helicopter or if I take off a hundred miles an hour on a motorcycle. Ah, oh, that's living. Can't you fuck went up. to the edge. Yeah. You're, you're not. Ever- you're not thinking about. Uh, Anything else? No. Everything is dialed in. Everything is focused. And then to a lesser degree, drinking and smoking, you still are coming out of yourself. You're still going to an edge. And those things make you feel very alive and very present. But they're also dangerous. And you can't do them all the time. Like, it's just the... there's There's a price to be paid for going all the way there. You know, so it's tempting because it does make you feel alive and give you some sense of meaning, but uh, you can't live there. That's the problem. That's why I'm saying like the mundane things that that give you meaning are super important because there it's not the rush of going 100 miles an hour on a motorcycle, and it's not you know the crazy night of getting drunk and doing your thing. But just sitting in the room while your daughter is playing. Yeah, that was so amazing. Do you is, know what happened to me the other night? Is a, it's a small, mundane, not dangerous, not edgy thing. But you go to sleep at night. I really believe this. You go to sleep at night content because there's, it's meaningful. All yeah. those other things are chasing what real meaning is, right? It's a simulation of what real meaning yeah, is. Yeah, you know what? There might be something to that. I, I tell you, I came off, you know, uh, where the hell was I? I don't know. Oh, I went I did the Patrice benefit, right? Yeah. And we came back. And I literally, I took like the latest flight I could take yeah. and the first flight I could take to get back. You uh-huh. know the deal, right? Yeah. Dad, right? So I do I, it all the time. The dad flight. The dad flights. Yep. <laughs> you see us all getting on with our bad <laughs> fucking jeans, <laughs> hating life, getting back to the kid. Yep. So I got back and um, I got back, you know, all the traffic and shit. I got back here time. Yeah. For lunch. And my uh-huh. daughter was, was eating lunch. <laughs> and I sat down next to her. She was all excited that I was there. And she was sitting there and she was 
you know, drinking from her little sippy cup. And as she was drinking, she just reached over and put her hand on my forearm. And I looked down like, oh, my God. And then she just smiled as she was drinking and, like, not knowing what yeah. she was doing. Right, right. And, like, on so many levels where yeah. I was just like, oh, my God, this is the greatest. I love my daughter so much. She loves me. And also, she's open emotionally. Yeah. She's touchy-feely. All this shit. I'm fixing all of this. Yeah. And it was like on – and I've thought about that, like, fuck – I mean, it happened, like, a couple uh, – Monday of this yeah. week. I've probably uh-huh. thought about that at least 40 to 50 times yeah. over the last few days where I was kind of like – like, um, yeah, you know, and as they get older, like they have more like cognitive development. You can really like connect with them. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was giving her a bath and she was just really looking at me, talking to me. And I got outside the conversation of just like, yeah, I'm, I'm like having a conversation with my daughter. This is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that that lasts longer than doing a wheelie down a fucking yeah i think it does last longer but the the unfortunate part is you know your brain everyone's brain and your brain in particular are very busy so even those moments when it's like really important and you definitely get value out of it still a lot of time in the day still a lot of time your brain's up and and awake and it wants to go do something else it wants to go to the edge of something else and it's that's it's kind of tricky it's to, yeah, no, feed, to feed your lunatic. brain the right stuff. I'm a lunatic. <laughs> I am. Like, I have to, like, yeah. I, I got to, like, really pay attention yeah. to what it is I'm doing and try to get outside of myself and look and be like, what the fuck am I doing? Because if I don't, yeah. I will go down these these roads. I will get people in my life that I don't want in my life uh-huh. or people that should be in my life. I miss them yeah. because I'm between my ears as they go by right so uh i don't know well that's amazing so you you were able to turn all of this deep shit into fucking comedy <laughs> yeah that's awesome Let no me see. i tried this is gonna be another effortless fucking i yeah, tried 46 minutes just like that blowing through <laughs> blowing through yeah um all right so you got your special it's it's called you're doing great you're doing great on netflix right now and it's actually a stand-up special that you can watch and feel good about yourself. You're not punching down. No. You're not punching up. You're no. You're just reaching out, saying you're doing great. That's pretty much, that's a good way to describe it. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I want to yeah. watch it. I want to watch it tonight. And, yeah. and, uh, and also your radio show. My radio show is still going with uh, Fortune on uh, Sirius XM. Fortune Feimster and I. I banging out the specials this month. I love <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. And... Uh, her special's great too. Really she's funny. She's so fucking funny. She's so funny. She's just naturally She's been one of my favorites yeah. since the first time I saw her. Like yeah, I just Me too. I just wish I could see her do stand up more. I know. Every time I see her, she's working on a show. Like I follow her on, on Twitter. She's working on some movie. I know. And I'm happy for her, but as a fan of stand up, I'm like, fuck. I know. But her special is she nailed it. It's you know, it's I was so proud of her. Like, you know, I've only been really close with her for a short while, but I was really proud because it's not just uh, like a good special. It's packed with jokes. Like it's, she's just yeah. bam, bam, bam. And it's meaningful. It's got, you know, her life story and it's really good. And so, but we're, we're doing that still four days a week on Sirius. Yeah. I remember way back. Getting I, up super I, early. <laughs> first minute she was working on uh, Chelsea's show. Yeah. And I remember I used to say to her all the time, I mean, it's great you're on that show, but I'm telling you, you, yeah. you, you are a star. You can, you can, you can go out. Yeah. They make a fortune on the fucking road. Get back in the clubs. Uh, yeah, I know. And she's like, oh, you're so nice. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, no. Well, she comes from a, yeah. she comes from an improv background, you know, like a. 
Oh, really? Uh, yeah, like the groundlings kind of stuff. Dude, she's a beast. Good Lord, she can do that too? Yeah, yeah. No, she's... Well, that's why I... What the hell's Lauren Michaels on this one? Yeah, no Good kidding. Lord, get yeah. her in there. Right, good point. Really good point. Yeah, that would, if she can do all of that, good. Yeah, no. Uh, whatever, everybody gets what they're supposed to get. Yeah, She'll she's on a good path. Sometimes. She's on a good path. Uh, but I rec- you should watch her special too. It's definitely good. All right. And um, yeah, everything's good, man. Everything's great, Tom. Everything's let's, let's great. Let's keep it on brand. Yeah. <laughs> and he makes bread. And, and once again, I think that I always go over to your house for uh, Christmas. Christmas Eve. And yeah. this was your best meal. I ate like a fucking pig at that. That was good. The food was the on point was this ridiculous. year. The sauce. Was yeah. It was that on one that point. wasn't the meat sauce, the other one, the marinara. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh my yeah. God. It was on point. Yeah. I know. That, I was putting that on stuff that already had it. <laughs> <laughs> you seemed a little frazzled this Christmas. You seemed like you were a little. Oh, I'll tell you what. A little what. anxious. Because I double booked myself at Christmas parties. Uh, so Mike Price, the great Mike Price from The Simpsons, right. who's the reason why F is for Family is chugging along the way it is, uh-huh. he also had a, a fucking Christmas party. Uh, and, and then and I... you forgot about it. And I told it. my mother-in-law I was going to Christmas Eve Mass... So I had to go Christmas Eve, Matt, and I was fighting off a cold. Yeah, you were sick, right? So then I had to drop everybody, go to that, uh, the Christmas Eve Mass, right. which I love doing, and then um, yeah, it's fun. dropped everybody off at your house, right? drove over to Mike's, oh, geez. made my appearance there, right? sucking down emergency, <laughs> and then I came all the way back, and I was thinking, I, my whole thing was like, Tom's going to be smoking a cigar, I'm going to miss it. So I came in, and I was a little... Uh, yeah. I was, I was a little frazzled, and then also I was spent because a few days before that, I took my test for my instrument right. rating, the written test, right. and I had been studying for three, four months on that fucking yeah, thing, yeah. which was like filling up all my free time, and I just passed that. So I was kind of like I was coming out of a lot of shit. Yeah, that's a good that's a good dad on Christmas Eve vibe. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like in the suit, so like uh, just dealing with life, dealing with stuff, and I gotta go home, put the presents together. Oh, and that was another thing. Yeah, I had to go home and wrap gifts. <laughs> that's right. I had a lot of there was yeah. a lot of shit going on. Yeah, that's right. I have uh, to say, after my kids are you know teens now, so it's like easier. Those day, the, those Christmases up until they were like ten, are just a, a firestorm just yeah. of, of work and stuff, and got to get it all and put it's, it in and make it so fun. special for. Her. I also like that you you have the train going around the Christmas tree. Uh, it's the that's best. a class act. It's, like that that's yeah. like you're supposed. To, I got I got to up my. Uh, that is the best. My game on. I'll that. help you with that next year. Yeah, you know who's really good at that too is uh in a total different level is uh Billy Gardell. Really? Yeah, he's got like. He he went down the rabbit hole and has like whole spaces that are just for his trains. Oh, he's all like year that guy round. in the Sopranos, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to live my first apartment when I moved out here with Nia. There was a guy across the street, and every once in a while he opened the garage yeah. door and he had the train hat yeah. and he had all of this stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I was like smiling. And he kind of looked at me like I was weird, <laughs> like looking at me like, "What do you think I'm a fucking weirdo?" And I'm like, "No, I." I, I admire this. I admire this. We just live in a city with too many people, so I'm not allowed to say hello. Right. Because yeah. then it gets weird. Yeah. So, so I'm just walking by, smiling. Uh, I like that he thinks you're the weirdo. That's how he looked at me. Like, the fuck are you looking at? I don't know there, conductor who doesn't really drive a fucking train. I'm, I'm, I'm appreciating your goddamn hobby there. All right. That's the podcast, everybody. Thanks, Billy. No worries. You're, uh, you're doing great on streaming now. On the Netflixes. On the Netflixes. And uh, there'll be a little bit of music and then a bonus. 
half hour from a Thursday afternoon just before Friday Monday morning podcast. All right. Have a great weekend, you bastards. going on it's bill burr and it's the monday morning podcast for monday february 6th 2012 what's going on you know what the fuck's going on you cunts ah jesus christ i'm actually recording this thing an hour and maybe hour and change after the patriots just lost to the new york giants congratulations to the giants um oh my god that game was fucking brutal Brutal game. I got myself all mentally prepared to get our asses kicked. Because on paper, I was like, I, "We just our defense isn't going to be good enough. And that, that front four of Adonises that they have that look like supersized linebackers. And next thing you know, we come out and we're playing with them. And we're fun. We just, I just, I don't know. You know, we just didn't make the fucking plays when we needed to make the plays. That's all there is to it. The Giants did everything they could to give us the game. They blew the fucking call in two timeouts. I'm like, they're fucking up. They're unraveling. After we spotted them nine points, it was like nobody wanted to win the game for a minute. We fucking stop them. We get the goddamn ball. First play of the game, you throw a 50-yard intentional ground in your own fucking end zone. You're down two to nothing. All right, regroup, regroup. They're driving down the field. You make a play. You cause a fumble. You fall on it. Nice. Here we go. Ah, you got an extra guy on the field. And next thing you know, we're down 9 nothing. And guess who texts me? 9 to nothing. Charlie Murphy. One of the classic Fairweather fans of all time. I haven't told, I've, you know, I've known Charlie for years. I think we've had maybe three conversations about football. The Patriots even played the Giants and lost during the regular season to him. Do you think he even noticed? He's too busy down the dojo trying to figure out how to put his foot behind his head in case some motherfucker comes up to him and tries to steal his, his uh, I don't know, the chain off his neck. He doesn't know shit about football. He couldn't even fucking talk shit before the game. He waited till they were up nine to nothing. And he texts G-Men all day. <laughs> Charlie, I know you could kick the shit out of me. I don't know if you're listening to that this, but that was one of the bitchiest texts I ever got in my life. All right, so congratulations to you, Charlie, to you and your brand-new Giants hat that you bought nine to nothing. Is that when you finally committed to buying it? Whatever, there's always going to be guys like that on uh, both sides. There's definitely fair weather people in Boston with your pink Red Sox hats, your cunts singing that Neil Diamond song. I hope you all fucking drown on a duck boat. Um, I don't know. We started playing all right. We were coming back. Everything was going good. And then we had the game. We fucking had it. Brady to Welker. I don't know what happened. We had the fucking game. And we just didn't make the goddamn plays. 
and uh, just didn't make the plays, and the Giants made the plays, so they deserve it. But this one fucking hurts more than two, 2000, 2007. I just felt like, look, you know, I mean, it sucked at the end of the game, but despite we the fact that we lost at the end of the game, I just really felt that that was just an undeniable championship. They, You know, all those teams they beat on the road, and then they beat the undefeated Patriots. I just, you know... I always felt it was a shame the Patriots were undefeated because I never thought the Giants got credit because it didn't. It wasn't the Giants won; it was the Patriots lost. Like that was the fucking story. Um, but this one hurts fucking. More. But if you were a true sports fan, you saw what happened. All right, but this one, this one was brutal because we 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 fucking we had it, and I just felt like we 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 just blew it. We fucking blew it. And I know it sounds like I'm taking away from the Giants. I'm not because that fucking pass. That pass Eli made, I mean, even if there was nobody in front of him, to make that fucking pass down along the sideline, um, single coverage is an amazing throw. He threw it into double coverage with somebody right in his face. He had an alligator arm it, and he still put it right in there. It was one of the greatest passes I've ever seen in my fucking life. The guy just makes the plays. And the only silver lining that I can take from all this is he has more rings than his brother. So there you go, Colt fans. Now what do you got to say? With your fucking Brady-Peyton Manning argument, you know, at least Tom Brady has more rings than his brother. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm really looking for an angle to try and talk shit. I can't. That's not what I do. I take my fucking lumps. The Giants deserve it. They're just a great fucking organization. And they got four Super Bowls, and that immediately moves them. Um... They were sort of middle upper as far as historical uh, football franchises. Now they got four, all right? So you got Steelers got six, 49ers and Cowboys got five, and then they're tied with four with Green Bay. So they're up there with the Steelers, the Packers, the 49ers, and the Cowboys, man. That's great company. So uh, you guys should be proud, man. It was fucking, oh, God. I can't believe I got to do this fucking podcast. I just keep, it's just... I can't even explain it. I felt like I had an ice cream in my hand, and I was about to put it in my mouth, and somebody knocked the fuck out. I'm, left, I'm standing here with an empty cone. Oh, God, that was a fucking brutal one. That was a brutal, brutal fucking loss. They just fucking blew it. And you blew it! Whatever. You know, what am I going to do? It's not like, you know... I'm sure nobody in Cleveland has any fucking sympathy for me, all right? So, anyways, you're probably asking yourself, well, gee, Bill, you know, you're on a plane tomorrow. Where the fuck are you going? Oh, by the way, I'm not making fun of Madonna for being in the, in the halftime show because I didn't even fucking watch it, all right? I really think that, that Madonna helped the Giants fucking win this. Nah, she didn't. But I, I, I'm going to lie to you if, if, I, if I wasn't freaking out during that, that bullshit. You know, we were down nine to nothing. We come back, score like fucking whatever, how many unanswered we scored? Ten to nine. It was ten to nine at halftime. And I'm thinking, all right, we got it. We got the momentum. We're getting the ball back. Let's go in for a quick halftime. No. Turn around. Everywhere is fucking heartache. I'm voguing with gay guys. For fucking a goddamn half an hour. Now let me ask you this. Who is, whose advantage is that? 
It's a fucking team that's reeling. It's a team that needs to take a knee. Anytime Fergie goes out there and shows her fucking ass for an extra half an hour. I want to know this, fellow football fans. How the fuck did we go from Bart Starr and Vince Lombardi to that horse shit? All right? Jesus fucking Christ with the goddamn two-hour halftime fucking show. I mean, it's a bullshit theory because we got the ball and then drove down and scored a touchdown. But it just was, it's just, I don't know, you know? Why can't they just be happy making billions? Do they have to make billions and billions? Do they have to whore out the fucking sport to that level? That every goddamn year you got to bring some fucking over-the-hill rock star to come out there, right? I'd rather watch an old-timers game. You know, I didn't didn't watch a second of what did she do. I heard some of the music. You know, it's a fucking football game. It's the championship game. Does anybody else have that? Does anybody else have voguing in the middle of it? Don't do something, 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 something. Vogue, 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 you know? And were they all doing their fierce faces? Uh, Dressed like they were in Avatar, you know? Like they're going to get fucked in the ass on Avatar. Oh, he's a bitter sports fan today, people. You know? I'm going to try and blame Madonna for the loss. No, no. Either way, I would have made fun of that shit. All right? Bruce Springsteen sliding around on his knees. Prince coming out there with his stupid purple high-heeled boots. All right? We got it. You like to lick your lips, okay? With your little fucking... And his little hairdo. You know? Coming out there in his little fucking jammy jams to go sing a fucking song with his curly Q guitar at a fucking football game. All right, go down to Guitar Center and teach somebody how to do a fucking, I don't know, play a goddamn G chord. Get the fuck off the field. You know, if I was NFL commissioner, this is what I would do. That was one of of the first things I would do is I would get rid of that ridiculous halftime fucking show. All right, I douche that. I would actually be ousted by all the owners, all the things that I would want to do. I would do that, and there was something else I wanted to do, but I already fucking forgot it. Ah, my brain just goes in a straight line. It was right there. I had the idea, and I just blew by it to go right to the Madonna shit, and I can't remember. Now it's in the dust. The fuck was it? Oh, I know what I would do. I would undo that rule that the Colts made. That the Colts push through. That so now everybody throws for five thousand fucking yards. I would allow cornerbacks to cover, uh, you know, to cover receivers. You know, Patriots got away with one. I don't think they were both bad calls, but one of them was, uh, yeesh, you know, There's another thing. Yeah, we we got. I mean, both those calls could have been pass interference, and we got away with them. You know, we just fucking didn't take advantage of the shit. You know, calls were going our way. Oh, Jesus. Um, anyways. I was actually standing out on the balcony drinking a fucking beer going, I think they're going to win. I got a good feeling. You know, they can come out. They score a fucking touchdown. Every time I poke my head in, you know, she was sitting there like a virgin who got fucked 90 years ago. Whatever the fuck she was singing, everybody was all dressed in this stupid... Ugh. Whatever. I don't, you know something? I don't give a fuck if you think this podcast sucks. You you, you want your fucking team lose the Super Bowl, have your fucking heart ripped out, and then you go talk for an hour in the goddamn podcast. 
All right. You know what? I need a break here. Let, let's let's get into the advertising for this week, okay, people? Um, as as I always mention, as I always mention, all right. If you're going to buy something on Amazon.com, if you're just sitting there laying around going, you know what I think will fill the void if I go to Amazon.com and I go buy myself a belly button ring, you know, why don't you make a little detour? Go to BillBird.com first, click on the podcast page, and on the right-hand side, right next to the iTunes uh, little box there, whatever you call it, the banner, is the Amazon.com. You click on there, and that's all you need to do. Just go to Amazon.com through my podcast page on BillBird.com. Okay, they'll give me a little kickback for driving you there. It doesn't cost you any extra money to buy your little your little cock ring, whatever the fuck you want to do. Okay, your little nose ring, whatever you kids are doing. All right, your little DJ one and two thing you want to buy. And I'm not saying you got to buy it. Don't get defensive with me. You don't have to buy it. Don't buy it. I don't give a shit. But if you're going to buy it on Amazon.com, just go through my website. They'll give me a little kickback. And then I take 10% of that and I send it on to the Wounded Warriors Project. All right? If you got a problem with that, you're not an American. What do you think about that? And I think that I'd kick you right out of the fucking country. How'd you like that? How was that for a nice advertising read after my team lost the Super Bowl? I thought that was pretty good. I think I only said fuck twice. Um, and the, uh, <laughs> the other thing is uh, stamps.com. Stamps.com. I've actually been using this product, you know? Kind of like if Tom Brady was talking about Uggs. Tom Brady said Uggs are the most comfortable shoes I've ever worn in my life. You know, you'd, you'd have... By the way, what was that Tom Brady photo shoot? Who was the non-football person that they brought in for the photo shoots this year? You know, where they had the offensive lineman doing that 1960s football card pose. Even the Eli one where he brought the, the thing back. You could see it in his eyes. Like, what am I doing here? I usually just stand here and you take my picture. And then, uh, I don't know, Tom Brady, he went for it. I think he's been hanging out with Giselle a little too long. He did a whole photo shoot thing. Hey, I'm, I'm doing the pouty face with my fist on my chin, and now I'm doing what looks like I'm jerking off. And, uh, and then I don't know what he did. He did the Charleston. I don't know what he did. That was. <laughs> it's the Super Bowl. We need it to be super. Let's do some photo shoots. Let's bring in Madonna. Somebody make some dip. Do you know why it's, it, it, it's like the Super Bowl really is like, uh, you know, those bug lights to attract mosquitoes? It, that, the Super Bowl is just for non-sports fan douchebags. It really is. It's because it's the only sport where it, it's all, you know, one game, all, all the marbles, that's it. Okay? You play for an NBA championship, it's best four out of seven. MLB, best four out of seven. Stanley Cup, best four out of seven, okay? So it don't, you got to be a real fan to stick it out for at least four or five fucking games, you know? Super Bowl, all you got to do is just show up, and everybody shuts up during the fucking commercials, and then they, 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 they run their goddamn mouth. But I went to, actually went to a good Super Bowl party. But anyways, that, that's not what I'm here to talk about, people, okay? Better team one. I'm going to put it in the past, and I am not going to discuss it at all during this next advertising read. Ah. All right, Bill, game face on. Game face, all right? Make the plays, unlike your team, okay? Make the fucking play here. All right, stamps.com, everybody. I've actually been using this product. Um, I got to tell you something. It's awesome, man. I don't have to go to the post office anymore. They mailed me a little scale, you know? They did everything but sit, give me that little visor hat that you're supposed to wear. 
like Mr. McFeely used to have? Or was it Les Nesman? I don't know. But basically what you can do in your own damn house with the computer and your printers, you can buy and print official U.S. postage. All right? You use your own computer and your printer. It's quick. It's easy. And getting started took me, uh, well, it should only take you five minutes. But if you're a moron like me, it takes you about seven. I'm not going to lie to you. All right? So they got a special offer going on. Um, if, you, if you go to stamps.com, just enter my last name, Burr, B-U-R-R. Uh, you get a no-risk trial plus a $110 bonus offer, which includes a digital scale and 55 bucks worth of free postage for a limited time only. All right? It's always a limited time only because we're trying to get you to what? Act now. <laughs> this is Advertising 101. Limited time only. You get a $110 bonus offer. You get a digital scale and $55 in stamps. Okay? They doing that over at Best Buy? I don't think they are. It's for a limited time only, okay? So don't wait, exclamation point. Go to stamps.com before you do anything else. Click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage. That's crucial. And you type in Burr, B-U-R-R. All right, stamps.com, B-U-R-R. And uh, I actually mailed out my DVDs using it. I didn't have to go down to the post office and stand, you know, in line behind some old lady with dementia trying to mail a peanut butter and jelly sandwich to some guy who was in the Benny Goodman band who died in 1978. I didn't have to do that. I did it in my, my goddamn underwear. I mailed out my DVDs for this week. Okay? Uh, you know what's funny? After the Super Bowl, I just have to talk about it. After the Super Bowl party, okay, when your team loses, all right, this is what you do. You just, you don't watch ESPN. You know, I answer the phone because I, 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 you know, I love my friends when they break my balls. Okay, I take the shit. All right, Anthony, Anthony Cumia called me up, that gun nut. Okay, that, uh, that, that, little, that little warmongerer out there in the cul-de-sac who just never grew out of playing cowboys and Indians. You know, he never grew out of that or having a goatee. You know, he just, that man loves the past. All right? <laughs> he calls me up out of nowhere. You know? Asking me stuff. He doesn't even know anything about the game. Doesn't know anything about sports. And I was like, Anthony, you Dago bastard. What the fuck are you calling me for? But I love him. So I took the call. And he painstakingly made me go through the details of of a game he didn't even give a shit about. You know? You know what's funny is he sounded like he was in a bar and he was actually in his own goddamn house. (laughs) I'm telling you. I don't know why they keep doing stories on Hugh Hefner. They really, they got to start talking about Anthony. He is the East Coast Hugh Hefner. You know, whatever. So anyway, so I'm driving home and I'm trying to avoid hearing anything about the game. I'm thinking, all right, I'm in Los Angeles. You know, they don't even have a football team. I, you know, I'll listen to the top 40 station. So I'm listening to this awful top 40 stuff. And even then, I figured I was going to get away. I didn't have to listen to it. Eli Manning, once again, beats the New England Patriots. Tom Brady, uh, I don't know. He looked okay. But I didn't have to listen to any of that. And I'm listening to this top 40 horse shit, you know, classic hits or something. The guy's like, coming up next, we got men at work. Speaking of men at work, the Giants were men at work today when I beat the Patriots. I was like, ah, oh, you fucking cunt. I can't get away. I can't get away from it. So tomorrow I got to go to the airport. All right. I got to go to the goddamn airport. I know it's going to be on the cover of all that fucking thing. But I don't know. I got to admit, I actually like the Giants and I like Eli. I do. I just like 
the style of football that they play, and I wish we would draft defensive fucking linemen that look like the guy. I got to tell you something. That kid there uh, whose dad was in the crowd, and they told that whole story about how his grandfather was blind, and he, he built half the town, you know, and everything was where it was supposed to be, whatever, whatever the fucking story they were telling. That play where we were right down on the goal line, even though we scored, where they handed it to uh, Ben Javis, Green Ellis, right? How the fuck he was able to tackle that guy for a loss. One of the most amazing plays I've ever seen. That's like some Lawrence Taylor shit, but he's doing it as a defensive tackle. It was frightening. Um, you know, it's funny. I was actually watching a game with one of the Patriots fans who was like one of those guys who cheers when the other team gets injured. <laughs> And even all the other Pats fans were like, come on, man, really? You're going to bring that karma onto us? So, um, I don't know. What are you going to do? Uh, oh, here's two things, man. Here's two things that I want to give you guys a heads up on. Um, fans of Patrice O'Neal. Uh, Rolling Stone wrote a great article about him. A four-page article. Not some little blurb. This is a four-page article. And, you know, it's got all the big guys out there. You know, Chris Rock. Louis C.K., everybody talking about, you know, just how unbelievable a comedian he was. And I'm going to tell you right now, you know that you are the best of the best when guys like that go out of their way to mention it. And Rolling Stone is going to write four pages, you know, honoring you and, you know, at the level that he that he was at, you know what I'm saying? It's like you know, if somebody on on uh, you know Nurse Jackie died or something, you know, because you're on Nurse Jackie, that was literally four pages because of what he did as a stand-up comedian. No bullshit. No, oh, this is this guy from this movie. Here's the guy from the fucking trucks that turn into robots movie. Let's give this guy a piece. That was just straight up. This guy is, was such a beast. You know, we're going to give up four pages. So I'm really happy that they did that. Um, you know, so definitely check that out. And, you know, Patrice O'Neill's CD, Mr. P, is coming out this week. Um, I can't remember if it was February 5th or the 7th. But uh, please download it off of iTunes. If you do anything, all right, please download it this week because all that money is going to go to his uh, – to his family, you know, his wife, his uh, stepdaughter, and his mom. And it would really mean a lot to me if you guys could download that. And you know what's the great thing about it is I'm telling you to download the material of the best comic I ever saw. All right, there. I said it. That guy was was the best. So please, 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 please download Mr. P off of iTunes. All right, and that's it. Okay, now back to the damn podcast here. Um. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ. Why? This this always fucking happens to me. I got to start doing like the fucking Thursday morning podcast. That's what I got to start doing so I can tape them on Wednesdays. Because it always seems like I have to deal with some crushing fucking defeat. That time when the Jets beat the Patriots in a playoff game, that was a Sunday night. I was in fucking, uh, what the hell was I? I was in Atlantic City. Then I had to go up in front of Jets fans. Who gives a fuck? I do, obviously. You know what? I'm already getting past it. What am I going to do? Huh? Was Tom Brady going to buy me a corned beef sandwich if he fucking won it? What was with that photo shoot? Who the fuck cleared that? 
Jesus. All right, let, let's let's get on with the podcast here. Um, and I, I don't know if this is true or anything. Somebody sent me this thing. Don Cornelius, um, the founder of Soul Train, the successful show, Soul Train, the legendary show, successful, uh, plays D with insurance money. I don't know, you know, this guy was big enough. Maybe you guys, some people didn't know. Don Cornelius, unfortunately, it looks like he committed suicide 75 years of age. Um, he was the host of uh, the Soul Train. Uh, why am I trying to talk about Soul Train? You guys know I didn't watch that shit. Um, he's a legend, okay? That was outside my wheelhouse, but I totally respect the guy. So anyways, the guy allegedly killed himself. So according to humormill.com, and I got to tell you something, you know, what I think of, uh, you know, quality reporting, I think of humormill.com. Who the fuck is humormill.com? Does that even sound legitimate? Here's what they're reporting. Uh, we hear, <laughs> according to reliable sources, that Don was having a very bad bout with cancer. And while this was going on, he was in a bitter dispute with his wife over the insurance money that would be delegated to her upon his death from the deadly disease. Our sources state that Don wanted the money to be given to his son, Tony. Tony. But because of his marriage and his failing health, the insurance was to be given to his wife. Does that make any sense because of his marriage and his failing health? What does his failing health have to do with who gets the insurance money? See, this, none of this makes sense. I'll read it anyways. Don made the decision to take his own life since the, his doctor stated he had only weeks to live. Don probably suspected that life insurance doesn't pay anything. Um, if someone commits suicide. But California is different. If you had the policy for more than two years, the policy pays for a suicide. And Don's policy was more than two years old. Um, Jesus Christ. California really takes the no-fault state, you know, to a whole nother level. You know, you get married out here, your wife goes across the street and goes, hey, honey, with like a dick in her mouth, you know, and there's, it's not her fault. Even suicide isn't your fault. Dude, you want to talk about a story that's just built on sand? Don probably suspect. Uh, go fuck yourself. Why did I even read that? What a shit thing to do to a legend. I apologize. Let's move on. Steak and a blowjob day. Bill, I'm only 15 minutes into the latest podcast, and I feel that I must inform you that there is a Valentine's Day for men. It's called Steak and a Blowjob Day. Is it really? Does Hallmark make car uh, cards for that? It's celebrated March 14th, one month after Valentine's Day. It's simple. The ladies show their man appreciation by cooking him a steak and giving him a blowjob. I remember this movement gaining some momentum with people uh, my age, 23, a while back. But then I haven't heard anything about it in years. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, I've been watching the news lately and I've seen plenty of stuff uh, Plenty of stuff on Valentine's Day. I haven't really heard them. Coming up next, has uh, everybody got their shopping ready? The women. I'm standing out here live in front of the grocery store. There's a pandemonium. Women are trying to buy steaks. You know, they got the blowjob thing down, but they need that meat. Um, is everything that you guys are sending me horseshit this week? A few years ago, I remember seeing people posting about it on Facebook on March 14th, including girls saying that they would be participating. Uh, this movement needs a second push of momentum. Uh, it needs a celebrity endorsement. It needs Bill Burr. I thought you needed a celebrity. 
what level of show business am I in? Okay, I feel like uh, I'm slowly getting to uh, VJ level. Am I like a, am I as famous as a VJ? Maybe. You know, am I more recognizable than the Jack in the Box guy's voice? Um, anyways, I know you could explain and defend this holiday from haters. I'm pretty sure it started in your own hometown of Boston, too. Promote steak and a blowjob day on the podcast and be a part of history. <clears throat> uh, dude, I don't know how to promote this. Well, I, I can give you some advice. First thing you need to do is you need to come up with a euphemism for blowjob. All right? Because if it's steak and a blowjob day, uh, you're really limiting, you know, the amount of people that you can reach out to. You know? It's like you're kind of going like death metal there. Like Hallmark isn't going to make, you know, cutesy little cards with like dicks on them and like a fucking steak grilling in the background. Like I don't know how the fuck you would do that. So um, I don't know. I don't know. My fucking team lost the Super Bowl. I, I can't even make steak and a blowjob day funny. What the fuck do you want from me? I'm playing hurt on this one, okay? Oh, my God. It's not that they lost. It's that they fucking blew it. They had it. They fucking had it. Just fucking catch the goddamn ball. Keep going down the field. Kick a little fucking field goal. Give it back to them. They've blown their two fuck two out of three timeouts. Staking a blowjob day. Um, you know what? I'm so old. How about fuck off day? That's what I would like. Fuck off. Just 24 hours. Just fuck off. No. For 24 hours, I don't want to be in another room just getting comfortable in here. Honey? Honey, could you open this? I mean, I can't make it. Yeah, yeah, Sweetie, um, you remember we were supposed to go to the fucking cottage cheese cunt fair today? Just 24 hours of not that. 24 hours of, uh, I just, just don't want at any point to be like, are you done watching the TV? Because I wanted to watch my shows now. I wanted to watch, I wanted to watch my shows. Can I watch my shows? Hey, honey, fuck off. Don't be mean to me. It's fuck off day. Fuck off. means It means fuck off for 24 hours. Okay? You know what's funny is they, they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. They would say, the sun is down, the day's over. God, it's really the whole, yes, it's the whole day. Fuck off. You'd literally have to leave your house for fuck off day. Do you realize that? Just how fucking, I'm such a maniac. Do you know today I was driving into the supermarket and uh, I was getting some Blue Moon um, for the Super Bowl uh, that my team lost. God damn it. And, uh. This is the latest people that I just fantasize blowing the brains right out of the back of their fucking skulls. Are those fucking douchebags? They see you sitting in your fucking car waiting for the spot. And they get everything in the car real quick. And then when they get in the fucking car, they're just sitting there. What the fuck are you doing? That's one girl just looking at me, you know? She was older, like in like, uh, like her early 60s, and she was still trying to look hot. One of these Eastern European, I must break you fucking looks on her face. You know, I immediately thought she was involved in e- uh, illegal activity. Does that make me racist? 
or does it make me self-hating because they're considered white people in this country? Eastern European people all look fucking shady to me. They all look fucking shady that they've either been in a gulag or sent somebody to the fuck. They, they're, they're doing something. They got some sort of black market shit going on. They're just shady looking people, you know? I don't like them. I'll tell you right now, I don't trust them. There you go. That's my people. That's straight across the board. I don't fucking trust them. All right? My grandmother doesn't trust the Japanese because of Pearl Harbor. I don't trust the fucking Eastern Europeans because of the Cold War. My whole life I was told that they were going to fucking blow me up. I don't, I don't trust them. <sighs> ah, Jesus Christ. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Stealing fruit. Hey, let's read this. Let's read this, shall we? Um, Charlie Murphy right now is probably ordering Sports Illustrated and getting that little cheap-ass football, you know, dancing around, trying to act like he, you know, looking up football words. Uh, Stealing fruit. Uh, Hey, Bill, I've heard your views on the automated checkout machines, and it got me thinking. Um, While I was grocery shopping, I was looking at the price of organic tomatoes versus, you know what, I was just thinking about the time I walked out of the Super Bowl and we lost to the Packers, how much that hurt. And I wasn't even thinking about what the fuck I was just reading. Let me start over again. Hey, Bill, I heard your views on automated checkout machines, and it got me thinking. While I was uh, grocery shopping, I was looking at the price of organic tomatoes versus regular tomatoes, and the price was triple. Moments after, I had what alcoholics call a moment of clarity. I'm going to shice the fuck out of this grocery store. Oh, I love it. I totally advocate this move. I love the direction you're going in. That's right. Make it work for you, sir. I loaded up on every expensive fruit and vegetable I could find, everything uh, organic, the weird exotic fruit you never buy because it's $10 a pound, all of it. I even went to the make-your-own-salad bar by the pound and made a vicious salad that made it hard to snap the plastic clothes because I emptied all the chicken breast and artichokes in it. Um, I went, oh, that I skimp on... Oh, that I usually skimp on because it makes it... Oh, who's this? A New York sports fan? Oh, God. This is my, oh, this is my brother. He was at the game. I got to take this. Hold on. All right. I'm back. Sorry about that. Um, <clears throat> so, anyways, where the hell was I? This guy, shiced in the, uh, the supermarkets. He goes, I usually skimp on the chicken breast because it's the heaviest. So now he's loading up. Let's see where the hell this is going to go. I went to the automa- automated checkout machine. If you don't have the produce code, it asks you to look it up yourself. I entered, every, I entered everything wrong. For some reason, I thought asparagus was parsley and the rest of the shit was potatoes. I weighed everything and placed it in the bag. My voice is all cracking from screaming. The bag. Even the salad bar, uh, bar box somehow got entered as iceberg lettuce. It, weigh, it weighed it and told me to put it in the bag. I had my best foreign accent on deck just in case they caught on and tried to bust me. I was going to play it off and pretend I couldn't even speak English, let alone read it. I paid and I left the store with 80 bucks worth of produce for only $6.17. I fucking love this guy. Ever since that day, I've been eating gourmet salads and organic vegetables like a fag. Um, fuck them. Like you said, I don't work here. It's not my job to know what the fuck the difference between a Roma tomato and an organic tomato is. If you want the shit done right, don't depend on broke college students to be part, uh, to be a produce expert. There you go. Good for you, sir. Um, God damn it. I almost wish I didn't read that. 
because somebody who, who, who makes those machines will know. They'll, they'll figure it out eventually. But they haven't figured it out yet, people. All right? We're in a recession. If you want to eat healthy, this guy just gave you the keys. Well, why can't you do that with everything? Why don't you go buy yourself a big T-bone steak for fucking blowjob and steak day? Right? And, uh, you know, just enter it in as like fucking Cheerios. <laughs> It'd be great. You can eat like Donald Trump and just fucking, yeah, just. Wow, that's fucking amazing. I think I like those automated machines now. No, I don't, I don't have that in me. I advocate stealing from people like that, but I'm just, I'm not one of those guys. I don't know. My karma is too fucking strong. Whenever I do shit like that, whenever I do shit like that, I always get fucking, it's like something happens. I get away with it and then I drop my cell phone in the fucking toilet. I just, I just don't have that in me, you know? Um, believe me, I want to do it. I am a piece of shit. I am a dirtbag. You know, you know what, Bill? Maybe you're just not good at stealing. Um, anyways, advice. Hey, Bill, love the podcast. I'm going to make this quick. Let's see how long this is. This isn't fucking quick. Look at all this shit I have to read. I'm going to make this quick. Okay. Dated abroad for six years, got engaged two months later. She says she's not ready. Dump her. It's over, dude. Uh, she said we lived together uh, We lived together at the time. Less than a week later, her new 40-year-old boyfriend slash co-worker, my ex is 28, as am I, is sitting in the front of my house in the driver's seat of her car. I basically told her to get the fuck out. She agreed, that lowly cunt. Wow, she dumped you for a 40-year-old guy? Does he make money? Why would she do that? Christ, this guy's fucking pubes are going to look like Jay Leno's head within fucking eight years. Why, why would she do that? Um, fast forward a year and things couldn't get better for me. Great job, awesome roommate, and most of all, no daily drama due to the fact that we have many mutual friends. I've missed certain events because uh, – I have missed certain events because she was going. Uh, this is no problem as I have plenty of other shit to do. Just sucks knowing that she is more likely prying herself into my friends' heads and filling them with bullshit. Um, I know how her brain works, which means she's probably painting this – of how she wishes her and I could be friends to my close people. This is complete bullshit, as she hasn't made an effort to contact me once. Well, has she done this, or are you just inventing this in your head? Uh, she even goes as far, according to, oh, I guess, okay, according to close friends, as to bring up a fatal jet skiing accident I was involved in last July and how worried she was. Again, not a single call or a text. Well, dude, what happened with the jet ski? This is more compelling than this, this fucking uh, petty cunt that you're talking about. How the fuck can you bring up? Dude, this thing went from some office bullshit to a goddamn Schwarzenegger movie, and now we're back in the office again? Again, not a single call or a text. Honestly, I want nothing to do with the whore, so whatever. She actually reminds me of that girl, the self-loathing narcissistic one that sucks all the air out of the room, uh, that Nia chimed in about on a podcast uh, earlier, Seven Eleven Eleven. I believe uh, whenever I'm out with friends and her f- filthy. What the fuck is that word? Gang gangrenous vad shows up. Gangrenous. Did you invent a word? It's not underlined in red. I've never seen that word. Um, I respectfully say my goodbyes and leave. 
I rebounded with a cute server for a few months and lately haven't seen or heard much from her. The ex is aware that we had been hooking up uh, and come to find out somehow managed to lure her 21-year-old impressionable mind in too. Tonight, for example, they walk into a bar with a few other folks and I watch my ex-fiancé prompt her to come say hi as if to let me know they've been hanging out. Dude, why don't you get out of this girl's world? What, do you live in a one-horse town? There's one little saloon, one fucking Applebee's? Anyways, he goes, I'm above all of it and had the foresight to realize such things were possible as she's a narcissistic, manipulative cunt. Bottom line, my best friend is getting married in a couple of months. I'm a groomsman and the ex is in the bridal party. Jesus, need some advice as how to handle it. <clears throat> um, what, what, what do you owe her? Go to the fucking wedding. You have a good time. Take your dick out and go on the dance floor. Try to fuck one of her friends. I don't know. Do whatever you want to do. Just have a good time. Have a good fucking time. This girl is obviously miserable. Who fucking trades in a, a fucking 28-year-old stud for some 40-year-old guy? Yeah, she, she, she fucked up. Dude, you're holding all the cards. You're still in the prime of your fucking life. Just go there and have a good time. Have some drinks. And uh, this is what. Let her walk around the room and tell everybody what an asshole you are. And then just be a good shit. And then they're going to be like, you know, she'll just be that crazy person following you around. I I would, uh, you know, if she walks up to you, don't look her in the eye. Look at her hands. All right? Just in case. In case she fucking uh, is annoyed that everybody still likes you when she decides to do a Glenn Close I don't know. I, I don't understand your problem, sir. Like, I, I think you should just fucking live your life and uh, <clears throat> stop going to shit that she's going to be at. You can't find another bar to drink at? You know what you do? Next time you see her, just be like, hey, and you put your arms out like you're going to hug her and just boot her right in the box. Just take the fucking misdemeanor. That's a misdemeanor, isn't it? It's below the waist, you know? Above the waist, I think it's assault. Below the waist, I believe, you know, I believe that it's a, uh, it's a misdemeanor, right? Kick her in the box or go to a bar she's not at, okay? You need, it's decision time. Um, number two. So I'm a 20-year-old college student who works at a grocery store. So I haven't got laid in a few months and jerking off to online porn is getting more and more degrading and uninteresting. Uh, but recently, a chick... Dude, I can't even focus on these things. I keep thinking about the fucking game. But recently, a chick at work has been coming on to me. And we've been texting really sexual shit. Well, congratulations, sir. You'll never be able to run for president. Uh, and pr- I'm pretty confident I could bang her, even though she has a boyfriend. Oh, Jesus. You know, I was just thinking about that. Is how you know they're saving all this shit. All this fucking lurid shit that we're looking at on the internet. All our text messages... I'm predicting this. In 20 years, when I'm an old fuck and I'm in my 60s, and these young whippersnappers from this generation are, are, are they're running for president, that's what's going to be coming up. You know? Is it true that in 19... Fucking... No, that's too far back. Is it true in 2009 you texted to one of your fucking co-workers that you wanted to stick your tongue up her ass? Is this the kind of person we want running the country? It's going to be all that shit. 
why did you jerk off to a uh, woman gets groped on subway in uh, February of 2008? Uh, I don't recall. Uh, I let my roommate um, use my computer. I uh, watched it but did not touch myself. That'll be the uh, I smoked it but didn't inhale line in 20 years. Was that choppy enough for you guys? Huh? Did you did you even hear the joke in my choppy fucking my team just lost the Super Bowl fucking delivery? Um. Anyways, so he says, but fuck, isn't it her responsibility not to cheat if she's putting it out there like that? And I think it's my duty as a man to fuck her. I don't even know what you're talking about, sir. I have no fucking idea. My team lost the Super Bowl. Let me go back here. 20-year-old college student, working at a grocery store. I'm in late. I'm jerking off the porn. Chick's been coming on to me. She has a boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, fuck her. With any luck, she'll get caught, and that guy won't knock her up and marry her. Um. Anyways, he goes, and if her boyfriend finds out, hey, he can dump her and knowing that she's a cheating bitch. There you go. And I would be done with her forever, sort of. Okay, maybe not. But even though it's morally wrong to have sex with someone, uh, with a girl who has a boyfriend. We are 20 years old, and it's not like she's married or anything, and she's basically waving a steak in front of a hungry dog. What should I do? Uh, fuck her in the cereal aisle. Do it. Who gives a shit? You're 20 years old. It's what you're supposed to be doing. Wear a condom. All right? Bend her over that little uh, caution floor has just been mopped sign. <laughs> Push her head right into the mop bucket and let her have it. Fuck it. Who gives a shit? My fucking team lost the Super Bowl. I don't give a fuck about her boyfriend's feelings. Next one. Hey, Bill, I'm a 21-year-old college college student going to Washington State University. Home of Drew Bledsoe. Uh, This has been my first year away from home, and it's been an adventure to say the least. My 21st birthday was the first time I drank, and I've been hanging out with girls for the first time. Flipping time in my life. God bless you, sir, for keeping your innocence that long, that you didn't have any booze till you were 21. You're finally hanging out with girls, and you still don't say fuck. You say flipping for the first flipping time in my life. I love this guy. I've always been incredibly nervous around women, um, and I have no game at all. Well, the first thing you do is stop saying flipping. You don't even say flipping. You say flipping for the first flipping time in my life. Actually, you know what, dude? Why don't you stay? Just be a nice guy. All right, don't don't go down the road I went. Okay, there's a price you pay. You become a miserable cunt like me. Um, anyways, the one accomplishment that I have under my belt is moving into an apartment with two beautiful girls this semester. Fucking Jack Tripper. Um, one, one of which has been the girl I had a crush on since I was 12, 12 years old. Embarrassing, I know. She has a boyfriend, and I've pretty much accepted the fact that he's a nice guy. I'm just glad that I get to hang out with her. God, I sound like a douche. All right, dude, I swear to God, if you go into your bedroom while she's in the living room and you jerk off to her, all right, that's a level of loneliness that you do not want to experience. I really hope that you haven't done it yet. Please don't do that. Anyways, he says, I'm sick and tired of being this incredibly nervous 21-year-old virgin virgin who's living in babe country. <laughs> God. Every time I see a hottie, I can't help but think I will never be able to get her. Well, not with that fucking attitude. 
Your whole fuck. Listen, you got to get yourself out of right field. That's what you are right now. You're that kid. Ah, God, do, am I really required to stick this kid in for three innings? Stick him out in right field. You're batting ninth. Uh, please, for the love of God, Bill, give me some advice. All right. This is the last one of these trying to help the 21-year-old version guys I'm fucking doing, okay? I give advice about this every fucking week. How about somebody? Get, how about something else? Can we get it out of the wheelhouse of fucking relationships here? Give you some advice. I don't know what to tell you, dude. All right? Start talking to women. This is the first thing you want to do. Don't try and fuck anybody you're living with. Fuck all of that. All right? You want to get that girl? Go out and fucking start banging a bunch of other women. And come home. And then all of a sudden you're going to seem like you're mysterious. When you're 21 years old and you're banging a bunch of women, the women your age look at you like you're like a spy or something. Like you're James Bond. You do it at my age and you're just a fucking pig. All right? That's what you need to do. You need to go out and get hammered. You need to go out. You got to get in the mix. You got to go out and do some shit. You got you to create some sort of vibe. All right? You can't just be like, hi, how you doing, Sherry? I'm going to be in my room. You know? And then just fucking sitting there jerking off in there. You got to get out of there. All right? You need a little bit of swagger. Fuck that bitch. That you've liked for nine years. For almost half your fucking life. Fuck her. It's not going to happen. Okay? It's over. She's sucking someone else's dicks. Someone else's flipping dicks, sir. That's what you need to do. You need to go out. You need to get a little fucking... You got to get a little mud on your uniform. You know what I mean? Got to win a couple of games. You have a little bit of swagger. And then one day you're going to walk in there. And you're going to catch her in the right move. All right? And you're going to undo her fucking sweatpants. And you're going to bend her over that poor excuse for a fucking sofa. And you're going to show her who's what. All right? And then when a boyfriend shows up, you're both not going to say anything. And you're going to get on with your life. You're going to go in there and you're going to make yourself some popcorn. That's what the fuck you want to do. Sir, I have no advice for you. I don't know what to tell you. All right? I think a lot of what you're doing is great. You know? You're like a uh, 21-year-old virgin. You know what you like? You like one of those Star Wars action figures that's still in the package. You know, you're worth a lot of money. So, you you know, you, there's two routes you can go here. You can fuck. <laughs> you can fucking. You can, you can stay this route, join the church choir, pray to God you don't get molested by some closet fucking psycho, right? And then meet some nice girl who plays the keyboards. Keep in mind that Jesus Christ has died for us and is risen from the dead. Um, you can hook up with her. You know, peel off her 20 levels of clothes. <laughs> or you can just go zero to 100 and just go find some dirty skank. You don't want to do that, dude. You don't, okay? You know what you need to do? You need to work it out yourself. The last thing you need to do is listen to some fucking piece of shit, dirtbag, never been married, no fucking kids, sliding into fucking 50 years of age. You don't need to listen to me, okay? What you need to do is uh, you need to stick with what you're doing, okay? At this point, I'm sure you're a fucking Eagle Scout. I bet you can start a fire without matches, you know? And, uh, you know, I don't know. You probably got a sweater, you know, dark colored socks. I don't know what to tell you, dude. 
Like, what you're doing is actually commendable, that you're that fucking untainted. And look at you. You call, you, you're just sitting here. You're fucking saying you got a crush on this girl. What do you do? And what do I do? I, t- I, 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 I send you down this piece of shit road. I think you need to listen to another podcast, sir. I, I bet that Joel Olstein could tell you what to do. You know, Jesus, Jesus wants you to get that pussy. Um, do you realize Joel Olstein, his fucking church is where the Houston Rockets used to play? Mega church, mega church. This Sunday, mega church. Jesus Christ never looked so good, right? Jesus comes in fucking shredded wearing a male thong, you know? Uh, <laughs> what the fuck that means? Do they make a male thong? Um, overrated, underrated for the fucking week. Oh, I'm playing a hurt this week. 51 minutes, that's not bad. All right, do any of you cunts think you could be even remotely this amusing after your team just fucking blew the goddamn Super Bowl? Overrated, underrated for the week. Um, All right, what is this one? Underrated, unemployment. It may suck to lose a job you love, but when you get canned from a soul-crushing, mind-numbing, daily head-fuck of a job where your boss is a little piece of shit with an anger problem... Um, why did that have a question mark on it? As long as you can have nice fat, a nice fat savings account and you can keep from losing the house while you kick back and take it easy for a few months or years, don't forget about unemployment insurance. They will pay you for over two years to sit on your ass and encourage you to do it. It doesn't hurt my pride one little bit. To get back a small portion of all that tax money the government stole from me over the years. Fuck them. You get to sleep in every day, go to the gym while it's empty, and drink on a school night. <laughs> I would never go back if you didn't have to. If I didn't have to. Yeah, dude, I got to tell you, man. Yeah, you know what you're living? You're living the life of a comedian, except you don't have to go out and do a set that night. Um, ah, Jesus. Is that going to be it? Is that the podcast for this week? I got to. I got to somehow. I got to put in an hour here. Somehow I got to put in an hour. I don't know what to fucking tell you guys. I really don't. Oh, I know what I forgot to mention this week. Pro Flowers Valentine's Day is coming up. Everybody, why don't you go to proflowers.com? Um, for some reason, they took their banner off my my website. They told me they go. We we want to have banner on your website that we have the ability to change. And they uh, they just completely took the thing down. So I don't know what that means. You know, I probably should have called them. You know, but they took it down. You, want, you wanted all that control, Pro Flowers. I don't know what I'm supposed to be talking about this week. All I know is Valentine's Day is coming up. And I advocate, you know, I advocate going out on the 15th when you can get a goddamn reservation. It doesn't cost 90 fucking grand. All right, who's kidding who? All right. I didn't get any goddamn copy this week. Fuck it. I'm just going to wing this one. All right, it's Valentine's Day, everybody. You got to celebrate her and her fucking twat. That's what's going down. You don't want to shop, so why don't you... Proflowers.com. Okay, flowers and slap her right in the fucking cunt with it. Why don't you do that? (laughs) Just go on there. Flowers.com and click on the twat and enter BU fucking RR and get yourself a bouquet of flowers. Shove the vase in her ass and you have yourself a lovely day. Save the chocolates for yourself because that's what it's about.
Um, oh, Jesus. You didn't give me any copy. What do you want from me? I have copy for next week. They have their desperate copy for next week. Hey, fellas, it's Valentine's Day tomorrow. You got to Federal Express some roses. Why did I just do that? That was total self-sabotage. I was finally making some money on the fucking podcast. Why would I do something like that? Because my team just lost the Super Bowl, and I'm really not feeling it. I read enough ads to cover my new pair of tube socks I need to buy this week. Hey, Bill, where are you going to be this week? I'll tell you where I'm going to be. I'm doing the Redneck Tour. I'm coming down south. Fucking south's going to rise again. Hey, wait. Let me tell you something. We start, if we all got together, we created a co-op, right? Like they did on that show, The Wire. Except it's all white people, the way it should be. If we created a co-op, hear me out, of all our fucking moonshine stills, we took all the money we made. Instead of buying a new pair of overalls or sticking a fucking 500 cubic inch engine into a fucking Vega, we combined all that money. We could buy some gray uniforms in South Rise again. We could do that shit. Um, I'm going to be in Charlotte, North Carolina on Tuesday at the uh, Comedy Zone, the Comedy Fuckface Hut. I don't even know where the hell I'm going to be. going to be in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, Ric Flair, if you're listening to my podcast, anybody who knows Ric Flair, I got a fucking, uh, woo, I got tickets for him if he wants to come down. Um, it would be an absolute honor to meet arguably the, one of the top five funniest motherfuckers on a microphone ever. Uh and then on uh, the, what is it, going to be February 8th, Wednesday, I'm going to get my rental car eastbound down, loaded up and trucking. I'm going to drive all the way over to Alabama. Alabama, the only fucking state that Georgia can make fun of. I'm going to go into Alabama. And uh, I'm going to be at the Stadome for one show and one show only. And uh, then the next day, I'm going to go into uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta, Georgia on 9. I'm going to be at the fucking, uh, what is it, the Buckhead Theater. And I'm going to be doing, I'm get, listen, I'm getting ready to do my uh, my big stand-up special on March 3rd at the Lincoln Theater in Washington, D.C., two shows. And uh, so what you will be seeing, you will be seeing a comedian freaking out. No, you'll be seeing a comedian putting together. What you're really going to see is me just fucking around. That's what you're going to see. Doing the hour that I think I'm going to do, fucking around with it and uh, having fun with it. You know, we're not going all fucking crazy. Not going all crazy with it. I don't want to burn it out. I'm already sick of these fucking jokes, people. I'm not going to lie to you. That's when that's when it's time to do a special. When you're standing on stage going, if I have to talk about this one more fucking night, I'm going to kill myself. And then you're like, you know what? I think it's time to document this and move on. That's where I am in my life. So I'm going to be uh, driving the highways down there in the good old south. I'm going to have my head on a swivel, looking for some old cars. And, oh, hey, thanks to everybody who uh, helped me out to try and find the parts for my truck, man. Um, as I told you, I got this fucking garage, bought this old house, and uh, the garage is designed for a fucking Model T Ford. I'm not even lying to you, okay? The goddamn garage is high enough to get a fucking truck with a lift kit on it, but... uh you know, you know those old cars back in the day. You sat inside the wheel wells, you know, inside them. Tires were on the outside and you were on the inside, you know. That's why there was all that date rape back then. I mean, you were sitting on top of her. Um, and that's true. That's a true story. It's a true goddamn story. And I'm sticking with it. Um, yeah, thanks to everybody who uh, helped me out with that. 
and uh, ordering the parts. And uh, when they get here, I'm going to have some friends of mine look over my shoulder as I try and put them on and, and have them, like, fucking help me out. <laughs> you know what's funny is I bought the oil because uh, I'm going to change the oil in the fucking thing. And uh, for the life of me, I can't find the fucking – I looked under really quick. I can't fucking find it. My old truck, there was oil panels right in the bottom, and there was a little screw. You just undid the fucking thing. It was right there. I can't find the goddamn thing. Granted, I was holding on my dog as it was trying to eat a cat at the time, and I was sticking my big head. You know what I love about having a truck is my big fucking head can actually fit underneath the truck without having to raise it up at all. But um, people have asked me to post pictures of it. Uh, I'm not going to do it just because nobody really has one out here. And uh, this thing, you know, sticks out like a sore thumb and, uh, you know, I don't know, you know, I don't need people going, hey, why didn't you read my podcast questions? I'm driving down the fucking street. All right. So it's a 68 Ford F100. That's all I'm going to tell you. Three on the tree, bitches. You know, what's funny is Nia is afraid of the thing because it's loud as fuck. And, uh, you know, the other day I was trying to cut in front of somebody. <laughs> and so I let out the clutch too quickly and I stalled it and then so I pushed it in and rolled back before we get we get run into and it's just she you know she's a city girl you know she was already afraid of driving and that type of thing so she's never even heard of standard transmission so she doesn't get why it stalls she thinks the truck is broken and she thinks it's too loud and uh that you bounce around too much in it just everything that makes it awesome She's kind of afraid of, but uh, I think gradually maybe she'll like it. I don't know. Because I always want to take her out. And that's the point of getting the old car, you know? Take your girl out for a drive. You have your fucking dog in the back, right? My inner redneck. Hey, by the way, when I'm out there, any, any, uh, uh, give me some food suggestions here. Because uh, I'm on the wagon here. Because uh, I'm not even on the wagon. By on the wagon means I have one scotch a night. Um... I have to stay in shape so I don't become Billy Fatface. I had a little too much booze weight my last fucking special, you know? Let it go. I got out a little out of control. So I want to be in shape for this one. Uh, and uh, so if you guys know, if you know some good restaurants, <laughs> keep me away from the bars. But if there's some good place, like what is there to do in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina? What do I have to get, to, you know, to eat? What is the thing? What are you fucking known for out there other than having the Bobcats? You know what I mean? And uh, Alabama, the same thing. What are you guys known for, huh? Besides having sex with your cousins, what are you guys known for? That's what you're known for. All right? Fucking start with me. Atlanta, what are you known for? Huh? Down low, brothers. The Braves losing the World Series. Um, Stonewall Jackson uh, lighting a fucking... Scarecrow on fire and Robert E. Lee? I don't know. I don't fucking... Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm done. Hour and two minutes. Go fuck yourselves. Congratulations to the uh, the franchise New York Giants. And congratulations to all the true New York Giant fans. Uh, it's fucking awesome, man. Come on, dude. Four fucking Super Bowl rings. That's the shit. Okay? You know it is. That's the shit. You can make a fist and you got one for each goddamn finger. Thumbs curling around. No one can see that one yet, you know, but who knows? Who knows? With fucking Eli and the way you guys draft defensive players, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if Eli got his third. You know, 
It really wouldn't surprise me. Man. That guy is the fucking man, and he finally got his due. You know, good for him. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. It fucking hurts, but I'm not, I'm not a cunt when I lose. All right? So congratulations to you sons of bitches. That's the podcast for this week. Go fuck yourself. Next week, I'm doing a bunch of gigs out in Jersey, Long Island, and in New York. I got all the dates up on my website. Um, what the fuck is it? Uh, BillBird.com. Jesus Christ, did I forget my website? I can't believe I did that shit with Pro Flowers. Guys, do me a favor. Don't, don't fucking say anything. Don't be cunts. All right, please, for the love of God. <laughs> Who gives a shit? Oh, I'm an idiot. All right, go go fuck yourselves. I'll talk to you next week. I know what I wear.